What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, November 30th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swaski, a.k.a. Father Zoe, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. number one Diamondbacks fan on Twitter. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. I just can't wait until we get to the Dylan C's Cubs trade proposal. (laughs) Everyone knew that was coming. And the good Reverend K. Fitz. Is that a Girls Gone Wild hat? <laughs> it is. Oh, a UNLV Rebel Spirit from Craft House Brew because UNLV on Saturday here at Allegiant Stadium for the first time in existence of the world, which means it's going to end. UNLV football is playing for the conference in the conference championship game for the Mountain West Conference against Boise State here at Allegiant Stadium. UNLV's football program has three bowl appearances in like literally like seventy years. Like bowl appearances, let alone like a conference championship. This is we're in the bizarro world. So I'm super excited. I'm gonna wear that. We'll be in the wind club on Saturday. Boom, big time. Big time. So but this also, is a freaking oh. story about Kohei. Um uh, he's from Japan. Yep. Yep. He was at Nobu Confirmed. with Barney, that uh, dinosaur, uh, as broken by someone from New York with two hundred and four followers. Yes. And a food account. Mm-hmm. Um this is the old setup, actually. We're back in the office. The makeup table is right over here. I can't Jackson, move the computer to show you, but the, it is a new microphone, though. So hopefully you guys can hear me better, and I don't have to hear myself in my own ears, which is nice, because that was fucking super annoying. It's great. Um, it doesn't look like you're working the drive-thru at Burger World uh, with Beavis. It's good. That That is a positive. Um, we have a great show. I'm actually super pumped for this show. Um you know, it's off-season podcast. We like to joke about it a lot because, you know, you get numbers drafts. That's not a shot. That was just really funny. And other stuff like that out there. Uh, but we had something happen that if you're a fan of the show, you kind of had to expect this to happen. So our good friend of the show, my guy, fellow Polska, Jordan Lazowski, put out an article on Socks on 35th with 10, which is impressive, actually, 10 potential cease trade rumors. Okay, so he caught a little shit when that happened. You know, that's what happens when you put out anything in Al Gore's internet. But then the boys at Sex on 35th did the old photographics to his to his trades and put it on Instagram. I screenshotted the one with the Diamondbacks because I actually kind of liked it just because I like Alec Thomas and I want him to come home. And I tweeted it out. I have now spent the last two days dealing with angry Diamondbacks fans that somehow think I have the power to make this trade happen. And also that don't understand WRC Plus because we had to talk about that. Um, So in just a moment, Jordan will be joining us because you know how it goes around here. If you tweet something out and people get pissed off about it, or we think it's worth a discussion, we're going to have you on the show. And even, even, even if you're in Seattle, you're coming on the show. Yeah, yeah we, fucked, we found that motherfucker in a day. <laughs> we got him on the show right away. That guy's actually cool. Should I say? Guy. Um, but yeah, basically, if you are a non-White Sox blog and you talk about training for Luis Robert, we're going to make you come on the show and defend your show. Well, um, well, you know what's funny about that? Mitch wrote a blog about uh, a Luis Robert to the Cubs trade. To make anybody come on the show. Yep. I wish I could so make Mitch come Mitch on, on the show. Uh, next I wish week. I could have Mitch. I wish I could have Mitch on the show. I wish I could come on the show. It's usually it's just flashes. Um, so all that and a lot more off-season podcasting. Let's have this keg. Okay. 
Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantees or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on the boy, yeah. Every season, make it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. Can't put it on a boy, yeah. Put it on a boy. Every season make it all change. As always, the show is brought to you by Sports Micro, SportsMicro.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications, and you'll be the first person to know when the Cubs <gasps> sign Otani. Like any move. Like any move besides anything. Well, they're putting a lot of eggs in one basket right now, but supposedly. So we're gonna get to that too. But SportsMicro, SportsMicro.com, download the app, turn on push notifications, and also sponsored by Uncle Buds, 9700 South Cicero. If you're an OG Southsider, it is where TCs used to be. Uncle Buds, I have now frequented it twice in the last two weeks and have a headache to prove it. It is a good time, good food, lots to do there. Uh, live music isn't annoying. So that was the first time I was there with live music. And you know, in some places, when the live music starts, you're like, fuck this shit, I'm out. It actually wasn't bad. I am actually. I live here. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for this. Uh, it's because it's always Beefalo who comments if we're baby if we're in trouble or not. Baby steps. We're moving forward. You know, <laughs> out of the clink. Uh, yeah, my roommate was really mad though. I made really good toilet wine. Uh, anyways, we're getting distracted. It's a merlot. Um, let I me mean- bring out my boy. So, for you that don't know, you're an idiot. He is the Associate head coach for Montini Baseball. Boo. And he is the editor-in-chief <laughs> for Sox on 35th. I went to St. Rita. There we play each other. He is the editor-in-chief for the Sox on 35th and at Diamond Underscore Digest. He is an IBWAA member, Notre Dame class of 2019. Ozzy Guillen called him Dylan Seath with glasses. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Lazowski. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, look at that. I didn't even know we can do that. That's the most cheers uh, I've ever gotten for anything. So no. I appreciate it. <laughs> get that when you get a, wait till you get run for the first time. You'll get a bigger standing ovation. You got to earn that shit, though. I mean, I'm I know, pretty I sure you can yeah. go to Arizona right now and uh, a couple people buy you some beers. <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens over in Arizona right now for me. I, uh, um, I've had a couple well, fun days. Jesus, I can only imagine, dude. I I finally got a piece of your world by quote tweeting that or tweeting that picture out. And I can only imagine since you put that out, you've been getting. Is it a lot from Sox fans? So it's 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 not that bad from Sox fans. The, the Sox fans are like this move is or this signing isn't swaying me. I like this one. Well, let's take a step back. You understand putting out 10, I think was way harder than I thought. That's insane. And I got there about half of them. Like I could stop right now, but then yeah. it's like, you're just like, yeah, you kind of have some, you want to go further than others. So when it first came out, it was the Cubs fans who like 
jumped on uh, the trade. And I was and I was in there saying I wasn't sure about this one for X, Y, Z reasons. You know, I am on the record saying that for those who are willing to read. <laughs> Um, that's where you fucked what up. What a word. <laughs> so that's, that was my first problem. Yes. Um, but then a couple days later, when Joe posted on Instagram, then it was a lot of people like loved the Diamondbacks trade, but a lot of F- Diamondbacks fans hated that trade. And then you put it on Twitter. I felt like that Jimmy Butler, where he's like meme, where he's leaning on the railing or whatever, <laughs> just exhausted. Him. And Joe was asking about Joe Binder was asking about. You know, putting it on Instagram or pushing it again. I'm like, haven't I had enough? Like, yeah, the engagement's <laughs> great, but I'm exhausted. <laughs> I can't do this. So, yeah, from Sox fans, though, the conversations have been good. <laughs> the ones I read before I muted every tweet <laughs> regarding the trade or the trade proposals. But overall, well, it was Sox fans were good about things. I will say that. That's good. But I'm glad to hear some of it just because. Oof. I um we can get into some of the replies that I got, but holy shit, man. Like you learn very quickly that the people that I'm assuming you and I and Kevin and Aldo associate with know a lot more about baseball than the average person. And so you used to, I remember this, you have jumped in my DMs before to tell me basically to stop arguing with people. Yes. Like there's, it's pointless. Yeah, I know, so I for know. you to have taken up this mantle yourself, it's like, yes. hey, good for you. Like I took that, I took your advice. I, it might yeah. be time for you to take your own. But. Oh, I, I, I hit a limit. I hit a limit. <laughs> when someone told me Alec Thomas was untouchable, I was like, all right, I'm done. I, I'm off. I'm off. I'm off. All right, hold on. This blurred background is not working. No, because I'm actually I'm looking, cool. I'm looking. Every time Aldo moves to a certain spot where the light hits, I can look literally through his head. And then I've got you with blurriness. I'm like, hey, Jordan, you look fine. It's great. I'm Hi, we're in Montana. Yeah. We're in Delaware. Hello from Delaware. We're in New York. I got a gun. Let's go to a Broadway show. I'm in the halfway house. Whatever. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> so let's get into these traits. Let's, let's break these down, okay? Because... There is a lot of good stuff here. I got to pull up prospect rankings. But before we dive in this, I do want to bring up that the reason why I asked you about it was the first thing was I thought I was undervaluing Cease. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of your trades include two top 100 um, prospects from some of these teams. Now, before we get into it, I think it'd be best – if you preference why you think Dylan would fetch that big of a return. So the way, cause that's the hardest part. It's easy to throw names together and call it a day. Like that's the easy part. Mm-hmm. The hard part is trying to justify it. And when I was going through it, it's some of what you read in the media. That's just all, but that's out there for a reason. A large portion of it is what previous mm-hmm. trades can you compare it to? Mm-hmm. So what I did, I basically just looked at, trades probably at the deadline or over the off season over the past two, three years or so. I basically looked and said, okay, you know, this is a player that, and I did three years worth of data. This player just at a very high level, similar years of control to see similar age, similar years worth of production. I think maybe that's where I start to overvalue a little bit in some of these is rather than being like, what have you done for me recently? Mm-hmm. You extended over three years. I pr- I just prefer it that way. And that was how I kind of 
settled on it. The two that made the most sense through that logic, whether or not you agree with the logic, Jose Barrios, when uh, they tr- or the Twins traded him to the Blue Jays, and then Luis Castillo when they traded him to the Mariners. Was Those are ones comps? which both had a year and a half left of control. They were both traded at the trade deadline with a year and a half left to control. Similar-ish numbers over the course of three years to cease. That's kind of where I settled on that range of okay, you're gonna get close. You're gonna get a pretty good top prospect in this. Mm-hmm. The back end one might depend. Okay, are you getting like number twenty or and number ninety? Now that's probably a little too much. So if you're getting number twenty, you probably don't get that additional top one hundred. If you're somewhere in the thirties, you know maybe can you try and grab that? back end top one 100 prospect Mm -hmm. every team it's a little bit harder too because it's like well you know one example is i took two of the braves top three prospects like you can do that for the braves because that's not a strong system you can't do that for every single system so you can't just say i'm going to take these two top guys and one and two in this system doesn't equal one and two in that system it's a long Mm -hmm. way of saying the justification for it came down to in the number of years of control, I said the extra half year is like 20 or so starts. That's not an insignificant number compared to Castillo and Barrios. Right. And I used the um, just overall stats over the course of the past three years for each of them as well. Now, some are going to say maybe two years. Maybe you just got to look at what you've done recently. I totally get all that. And then it becomes a mix and match play of, you know, what really is the value of, of each given player? Yeah, there's a place in the prospect list for them, but different places rank them differently. Some lists are more updated than others. Again, it's a long way of saying it's educated guesswork. It's, it's practically right. And that's all these kind of articles really are. And mm-hmm. at least you have some kind of formula behind it. And I like the two oh. trades that you, you're using as the basis. I think, although you brought that up once, earlier the Barrios trade and the Castillo trade actually um encompass this so we're gonna go through this um I I keep I can't let it go man I just love the I was told that averaging 10k per nine over the last three years didn't mean shit I was told 200 strikeouts a year doesn't mean shit um I think those things matter a little bit especially for the five teams we're going to discuss right now with their current needs I think they would all very much love a player like this. So the first team, to me, there's two teams that I really want to see him go to, and this is the first one. This is the – your eye fizz? Oh, yeah. The, let it go. Let it go. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm definitely not like, – I'm purposely wearing my Diamondbacks hat because I'm being very petty tonight. Um, my Spotify playlist again. God Dang it. I had Kid Rock on so, it the other day. How I do this? Oh, I did it to myself. <laughs> the first one is the Baltimore Orioles. Now, the reason why I like this one is obviously because of the possible return. As you mentioned, very, very deep farm system. I think you get the most bang for your buck here. So you have Dylan Cease going to the Baltimore Orioles for their number four prospect, third base or corner infielder, Kobe Mayo. Uh, their number six prospect utility infield guy who specializes mainly at shortstop Joey Ortiz and their number nine prospect outfielder Dylan Beavers, who I just want for the name. Uh, and the, the one away guys will have a field day with that name, but <laughs> Beaver was, you, then, you threw that on there like for a reason, like that, right. That was instinct. You're like, we need a Beaver. 
Yeah, at the end of the day, it's like it's just something within the White Sox Twitter brain calling to me at the end of the day yes. with that one. I mean, Beaver, so, calls, Beaver calls to me all the time. Because it's, it's something that we always like to point out on the show. Mayo has an ETA of 2024. Ortiz, has an, he's already played up in the show. And Dylan Beavers has an ETA of 2025. Um, you address a lot of issues here. Kobe Mayo is your corner infielder. Uh, Ortiz, again, shortstop mainly. Uh, and then Beavers can play the outfield. So, I mean, the White Sox need everything, so it's not really hard to pick a need. But why do you like this trade, Jordan? This one, prior, and a lot of them have the similar trend of prioritizing bats. This mm-hmm. team, you, you look past Colson Montgomery, hopefully, and you look past Luis Robert, and there's not a lot of long-term bats for this team. Mm-hmm. So you end up trying to prioritize those because I, I also tend to believe the White Sox have a much harder time developing bats historically than they have had developing pitching. Sometimes they get it out of nowhere. Sometimes they turn something into nothing every once in a while. I, I'd rather gamble on that side of the coin, depending on the team. With Mayo, the concern is obviously potential to become just a first base only guy. But at the end of the day, the hope is the bat plays. It's a it's guy. A good that, arm. 70 grade arm. It's God a good it. arm. There's just more concerns about the glove rather than the yeah, arm 45 right fielding. <laughs> yeah. It's, right. it's a, yeah. Go right. on. Sorry. It's like, eh, you, maybe he's there. Maybe he's not in terms of playing third base. Uh, maybe he's a corner outfielder. That That's kind of, mm-hmm. it's up in the air, but that's a little bit more fuzzy on a positional home. Joey Ortiz kind of fits exactly what it seems like Chris gets is prioritizing defense first. And if you can hit a little bit, that's awesome too. No, this is a good point too by Alex in the comments. Plus, shortstops are usually athletic enough to play anywhere and be mm-hmm. fine. And his example is Tatis literally winning a gold glove in right field this year. So where, where like, will he play? Where Ortiz will he play? In my so. presumed world, would be second base. I just think at this point, his bat plays like a second baseman. He's being um, pretentious. Because that's Fids. Because when he talked about the Cubs trading for Bichette, the doubters' first argument was, "But they already have a shortstop." Where where like, will he play? Dozens of times. But where will he play? <laughs> so I got so tired of it. I just posted this every time. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. Oh no. You interrupt fine. people a lot. Triggers. You are fine. <laughs> um, and then Beavers has a long way to go, but could potentially be a corner outfielder. I think that one is heavier on the front side with both. Um, so many jokes. Mayo and Ortiz being, being closer to t- like Mayo's pretty close to top 20. Ortiz is trending towards at least the middle tier. So once mm-hmm. you do that, the back end is not the wild cards are going to either be fewer which this trade only has three. Some of them I put four mm-hmm. or Beaver says a long way to go. There's questions about developing power. And if you're not really developing power as a corner outfielder, th- that that's yeah. a tough place to be. I, I like the Be- choice though, too, because you chose a guy that's six, four projectable at two Oh six and is a lefty mm-hmm. righty split. Like he's a left-handed swinger and he's a right. Yeah. And so, and he's only 22. Um, so actually, God dang, dude was born eight, 11, 2001. Wow. He's a month early. Um, but he, uh, he's got the size. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like, Look, when you're again, when you're prospect perving, you want that size, you want that, you want that build, right? right? And so, I love that you chose uh, I, the name's great, but I love that you're choosing projectable frames that can fill out and actually, you know, 
still could turn into a bench power guy or, or, or whatever right. in that circumstance. So like it's a, it's a, it's a less of a miss and there's a low floor, but a, you can actually have a pretty high ceiling with some of those guys. Cause who knows, especially as a lefty bat. Very glad to see the white Sox perving for big beaver. Mm-hmm. That's pretty oh, much all so I got from that. That's pretty much all I got from that. I had to excuse myself from the conversation <laughs> as soon as he said perving <laughs> prospects. Wait, what side does he swing from? All I heard was beaver, perv, and uh, <laughs> who doesn't yeah. love a big beaver? Of course. The lefty bat, though, is huge. Yeah, six four, um, that's ruthless. God. No, he's a big boy. Uh, he <laughs> that's our analysis, him. Jordan. That's our yeah. That's why we bring and you on, Jordan. A little bit of everything. You can't have just he one does. side or the other. He uh, He's pretty. <laughs> Five nights at Freddy's. Not even well, on the 80 grade scale, he's pretty even across the board. He's an overall 50. Uh, the like, like you said, the concern is the 45 hit grade and the 55 power. Uh, the other guys, though, I you're absolutely right. Joey Ortiz, 50 hit, 50 power, 45 run, 50 arm, 65 fielding. So, like you said, that fits the new Gets model, if you will. And then Mayo's just this is a wild ass grade. 45 hit, 60 power, 40 run, 70 arm, 45 fielding, and he, that averages out to a 55 overall, which is that's it averages out to a first baseman. It's kind of what it averages out it, to, but it, it really does. Sounds uh, like a sack to me. How many hits? Well, and then here's the thing, too. They have just never had it's enough bombs, bats. Though. Even when you thought they had enough bats, they didn't have enough bats. True, that was true. part of the problem. He has fucking bombs though. Seventeen right. homers in Double A and twelve homers in Triple A last year. Okay. Oh, sure. Mayo's a beast. He's a six foot five beaver too. <laughs> six Remember five two thirty. Arm. Look at that fucking arm. Yeah, his pitcher dude is ah, arms like hit you no, in the face. He's a seventy yeah, arm dude's got a cannon. Do we want to bring up the name that uh, James Fox specifically tweeted out tonight? Yes, we do. Uh, here said, yeah. So throughout the years of White Sox Twitter, different people have broken different things. I take that into account. James has broken news. James does know people. And he also doesn't just tweet things for shits and giggles. You know what I mean? James is always very calculated with it. I've known James now for a while. He doesn't just throw shit out there because he thinks that it would be cool. So for him to throw out Heston uh, Jerstad as a potential name. Oof. That that's very interesting to me. For those of you that don't know, he is a 6'3", 205 outfielder with a big lefty bat, 50 hit, 55 power, 45 run, 55 arm, 50 field, and 55 overall. This a kid is a real Viking deal. Is what he is. He's a goddamn yeah. Viking. Mm-hmm. He's, He's a, a real deal prospect. This would be, in my opinion, a W for the White Sox. This would probably make Oscar Colas make way more 80-style workout videos because this kid's coming for the spot. Um yeah, I mean, if that's the crown jewel in the deal, I think that changes some of the add-on pieces in yeah. the potential. But I mean, if they could just land like a Jerson and Ortiz, I just I and feel then, like and it, then like a guy, that'd be mm-hmm. fine by me. But Cease's contract's up at the end of the year, right? Like no, two years. He's got, he's got two, two years. years. He's got two years yeah, of control, yeah. right? Okay. So yeah, I was gonna say I, I was gonna, if, if it was the uh, the old oneer. That's I don't know about that, but Kirstad seems like I mean, no no offense to Cease. You know, whatever. Kirstad to me feels like an overpay, but it's also the Orioles, and they've got a wealth. They've got Jackson Holiday sitting up top too. You know, they they might be in that kind of mode where they're willing to give up Kirstad 
Uh, but I just, to me, I feel like everything beyond Kierstad seems like it would be more on the table. But Kierstad is just, he just seems like so his, his arrow is pointing way too up for them to let I him go. I think you but. hit the nail on the head. The Orioles already have a pretty good major league outfield, but they also got a kid named Colton Kowser coming up who's already played a little bit, mm-hmm. who is very good as well. Another lefty bat. He's about, he's a little bit bigger actually than Kierstad. So they have the luxury, and this kind of goes to your opening point, where they have the luxury to, include something like that and not take a big hit where some right. of these teams, like you said, Andrew Jones's kid in Arizona almost blew up, but it's like they do with all the money, <laughs> like just won like, you know, $5,000 at the table. That guy's more willing to tip a hundred bucks, even though the service was shitty because exactly. he has a wealth of wins. And so that's, that's especially, you know, you might have to overpay, but they're, they're in contend now mode. Right. So. Yep. And there's also, they're, so- they're in contend now mode. Everybody knows they need pitching. They, we're at the table for Dylan up until apparently the buzzer at the trade deadline. And then they got cheap and walked away and they fucked up because the guy they got instead of Dylan sees sucked and it cost them, but they're a loaded young team with a loaded farm system. Like I said, there's two teams that I would really want this to go down to. And the second one is the second team we want to talk about. Cause that's the second trade you have here. And that is the Dodgers of Los Angeles. Again, a team that obviously needs pitching, uh, a team that has a very good major league team, and also a very stacked farm system. So the return would be a little bit better. So uh, this is a four-for-one trade. Uh, You have the first one being Ed Sheeran. Oh, wait. Uh, Emma Chien, who is a right-handed pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's, he's in the majors, right? He's yeah, actually, he's already in the he's show. Already, he's yeah, he's a now. Yeah, he's a now guy. Uh, the next one is Andy Pages, who is their number six ranked. Uh, he's an outfielder, six one two twelve. He ranks out as a fifty overall. Kind of slow, good arm, good power. I'm not going to keep reading grades because I got a cup of coffee this year too. Didn't he get a cup of coffee this year? Yes, he did. I keep feeling like the dude from I think you should leave when I read off those 55 burgers, 55 fries, 55 tacos, 55 hot. I'm not doing that anymore. Drive, drive, um, drive, 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 drive. I'm trying to do something here. Uh, but yeah, Andy Pages, again, as I mentioned, good power, good arm, decent fielder. And I mean, you'd be stupid if you don't mention it. He's fucking Cuban. So <laughs> we love our Cubans on the South Side. And that comes into play. You guys laugh. But it comes into play, especially as they try to build a better culture there. So you want people that play nice in the sandbox with each other. Uh, the next, next, ugh. the next one is Nick Frazzo. He's already in the show too, right? No, no. Where's he at? Uh, I believe maybe got a cup of coffee at AAA, if not definitely okay. AA. Yeah, I'm not seeing him in their top. Range He's not in their list. Right? Yeah, so I was wondering. He fall out of the top thirty. Jesus. <laughs> I feel like you put this last guy's name on it. Just being like, Zoe's going to call me on a show and I want him to fucking pronounce this name. Laron. Theron. Theron. Lorenzo. 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 Theron. It's Theron. 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 But he's a catcher. He is also not in their top 30, but this is such a stacked. Lefty bat. Switch. Actually, switch hitter. Both sides. Stacked. So, all right. Break down this one, though, Jordan. That's a DR move. So with Sheehan, it's interesting because he, like you said, he's in the major. So why would the Dodgers want to trade from that team? It's trying to figure out 
you know, they've got a wealth of pitchers who are right on that cusp. Do they want to take the time to like develop develop them right now while they're in win now? Or do you want to take someone who's a little bit further along that development with C's? That's where guys, mm-hmm. a guy like Sheehan comes in. Um, Pages, the, the reason I included him, uh, a solid bat, but the concern is obviously he underwent labrum surgery last year. There's always a concern coming back from that. I think this one ended up being four to one just because in my head, I was like, oh, what would I negotiate like with stuff like this? And having a labrum injury history, even though you're not a pitcher, it is still something where I'm like, how are you going to bounce back from that? Had a great year so far. He looked as though he was going to start to make an impact in the majors. Uh, Frasso is a live arm. Doesn't really know where the ball is going. Um, White Sox love that shit. White Sox love that kind of guy. And yep. Lorenzo is really, really interesting. He's really, really young. Um, <clears throat> played in low A for most of last season. But as a switch hitting left-handed bat, is um it is always interesting to me yes it was not his uh for pages it wasn't his throwing shoulder but it's just more so having mm-hmm. like you never know especially with the swing and things like that you never know how it really affects you as a player um like i was saying with lorenzo was just really really good power as a catcher concern whether or not he'll stay still a very very long way away he's the sort of player mm-hmm. that you know, if you can only get two of these top three names and then him, you feel good. Like a lot of these trades too. And I will say this, I probably should have said it earlier. A lot of these trades too. It's like, you know, if you get some of these pieces, like you can't go to the negotiation table and say, I refuse to move from this. Like if you can get Mm -hmm. some of these pieces and maybe like two out of three or three out of four, you're probably in a good place with a lot of these. This is a good example of that. So this is a little bit more of a, quantity of guys a little bit closer with Sheehan and pages Frasso could be right there but has control issues and then Lorenzo is a little bit ways away so it looks like to me though just going to school real quick on Sheehan I mean 9.55k per nine in mm-hmm. 11 starts in the major leagues with a 33% ground ball rate not bad this is a guy that could potentially fill an immediate need for the White Sox. So correct. He is someone yeah, who I, that's always the um that's always the where you want to fall with these trades. And it's kind of hard too. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're trading a guy with ace potential in cease. You'd love to get someone who can probably be that front of the rotation guy. Is Sheehan gonna be that? Maybe not really. It's kind of hard to tell, but if he can slot in as a three and you get a couple pieces in addition to that. Now you feel better because you're absolutely right. He threw, I think, close to 60 innings last year. Um, so he at least got his time in the major say, okay, you could reasonably put him in next year because if the Dodgers are willing to put him in their rotation while they're competing, you can probably afford to do so as a rebuilding team. For sure. Did you know this? Yes. I, just I did not. What, Pajes? I guess it's is what Pajes. it's going to be. Andy Pajes. From, from Drew, who I always pronounce his last name wrong. So, do we, do we, yeah. Is it Hess or do we go Hess? Pass. Hess. Pass. I can't do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, definitely, if it was up to me and I had to pick one, I think I'm going more towards the Baltimore side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely do not 
hate the Dodgers trade at all either. You know what I mean? Like the Dodgers, you can mix and match with a ton of guys. Like there are God, yes, at least four or five different proposals you can put together. I'd mm-hmm. be like, oh yeah, totally fine with that. Totally good with that. Everyone mentions rushing or Cartaya, one of their two catchers. I'm, yep. I'm fine with that. I'd almost prefer to prioritize one of the main pieces being either a close to ready impact bat or pitching. And then if you're going to take a catcher or something like that, then let it be a guy like Ronzo, who's not a throw in by any means, but he's a little bit ways away still versus trying to fill an immediate need at catcher. I thought Cartaya was a way better hitter than that. See, I'm learning. And that's kind of thing, too. Both of them didn't have great seasons either. No. Um, I I think there's a lot of talk about trading for them because of their pedigree. They didn't have great seasons. It's a buy low. It's a buy low. Right. It's It's a buy low. Low with with something where you're like, they, you know, that's a, you know, that's like a Cubs training for a Pete Crow Armstrong when you had an injury or down year. Mm -hmm. You get those guys that should be performing that just didn't. And now all of a sudden, with prospects, especially one bad season where you're just struggling. And that value drops so much because other names just pass you by. And all of a sudden, someone that actually is gifted, that is good, just every player is entitled to have a rough go at it for a second. Oh, absolutely. And and you pick it out. Unless there's something like specifically that stands out where there's a flaw, you just know that sometimes it just wasn't working. They weren't seeing the ball. They weren't whatever it was. And then you just you get a steal. And that's that's kind of the cool part about those. Keeping an eye on. I was looking. Cartaya in 2023 in AA, 189, 278, 379 with an OPS of 657. And that's at 354 at bats. And I mean, he's young too. He's still oh, yeah, I get that. one. So it's like you're, you're, you could see the negotiation. If the Sox really want him, it'd be hard for them to buy low on him. The Dodgers would be mm-hmm. like, well, he's 21 at this. So you can kind of see what the argument is on the Dodgers side of the house as well with this. Um, but Again, it's where where do you fall? Are you just trying to accumulate the most prospects then, possible, or are you trying to get guys who are a little further across the development? The Dodgers oh, also have development system. You need to you need to use everybody. That's else what I'm saying. Team. It's like right. we kind of screwed this up last time when it, we had to keep guys in the system who had developed forever. <laughs> now it's like let's get those guys who are a little bit closer to ready and see if we can maybe handle those guys. The stink of White Sox development off some of these guys and get them back up the show. That's been right, brought up like, quite a bit in the last couple of days, believe me. Uh, the other thing, though, with, interesting with the Dodgers that might be a direction this goes to, they have four pitchers in their top ten in Nick Frazzo, Gavin Stone, River Ryan, and Landon Knack, all of which are pretty good. I mean. You could legitimately make arguments for any of four, five, six pitching names from the yes. organization. Be like, yeah, That's I want old. this one or I want this one. So it's like a lot of old prospect pitchers, 25, 26, 25. They do. 25. My God. They have a bunch of guys where it's, it's like, hard. and that's why it's almost like this seems like the team to target if you're looking for pitching. Yeah. Because you can't really keep them down in AAA. You're not learning anything from them dominating down there. But yeah. are you sh- are you ready to commit to them in the majors when you're a win now team? I mean, they're all and- the same age as a BYU starting lineup. My God. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's kind of where the up- Dodgers make so much sense. You've brought it up probably a million times on the show that we talk about all these position players and all these bats for the White Sox. What's that starting rotation? Yeah. And so that's something that probably needs to be addressed, and that's why this Dodgers trade makes a lot 
a little bit more sense. So I will say if you're preferring bats, you go Orioles. Orioles, it, yes. No, and whether it's my package or not, you're going Orioles. If right. you're going pitching, you're probably calling the Dodgers first. I've heard you have a very nice package. All right, the next trade, and this time I'm going I think someone said it in the comments and they were right. Why don't you lay out the trades and then we'll give you our two cents on it because you know these guys okay. a lot better than us. So let's go with your one with Aldo and Fizz's favorite team, the Cardinals. So the Cardinals one is interesting because the Cardinals <laughs> have a crap ton of infielders right now, even at the major league level. So it kind of makes sense for them and you don't want to take fans advice necessarily but if you read enough on twitter you'll see they kind of understand you know if we're going to trade for an impact arm you got guys like mason win you have um tommy Edmond, you have who's included in this trade brendan donovan you have jordan walker who's not necessarily a middle infielder you got nolan gorman who's probably a first baseman they have a lot of names there you went for fish in a barrel top of five of their top eight prospects are all pitchers yeah, but that for the, yeah. for the prospect side of things. It, yeah, he wants MLB. These the card. Yeah, like so, you said, Jordan, the Cardinals Robert. have MLB guys now. Right. So it, that was kind of a trade where you could kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, with Donovan, you have someone who's played decent enough defense at the major league level, has hit really well though, has some good on base capabilities. That makes a ton of sense from the left side for the White Sox. Tin Kentz was mm. the main pitching piece in this one considered close a to a top 30 prospect depending great baseball name the top 30 ish in baseball prospect depending on who you asked and depending on what time of year really really good fastball lost a little bit of effectiveness once he made triple or excuse me to double a but he's still 21 years old that sort of drop off almost feels like hey he's learning the level Six and then one, Zach Show mm-hmm. okay i and get the frame show walter the third piece more of a throw in because it was so front heavy with this trade. You know, once you include a major leaguer in it, the next couple pieces aren't going to look. As I, wouldn't, good. I wouldn't crap out Showalter though. Too, uh, he was drafted no. by the, he was drafted by the Orioles. He was traded over in the Flaherty trade. Yes, so he um, was a fairly old, recent move, and he's 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a pretty decent fastball. Everything else looks kind of, uh, but I mean, he's 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 a guy like we talked about where you kind of buy low. I mean, yep. he's, he had an injury, right? Didn't he have a – he, or was it – no, did he have an injury or no? He just got shut down a little bit just because he was – I think he just got shut down a little bit. Again, 11th rounder. Command. Hasn't really thrown that much. It's a command issue. A live fastball that I, I think was close to 30% strikeout rate in low A. Mm, You're trying to figure out the age, but still being able to do it is solid. That's where it's not necessarily discounting him, but saying, hey, I can see the vision here even mm-hmm. if he becomes a third piece in a deal where oh, yeah. the other two names uh-huh. are a little bit more of my priority here. He was striking mofos out in a high A ball or low A ball. But now, in a trade like that, you got to trust, trust the Orioles, not the if Cardinals. You get, if the White Sox say they call the Cardinals and they do target one of the MLB guys and it's Brendan Donovan, and like, but that's like your main piece because, like, I mean, he's, he's young. He's still going to be under team control for several years. Like, that's mm-hmm. your he's main better piece. Looking. He's way better, better looking than than, uh, than Lopez. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, seeing him uh, as a Cubs, that guy, that guy can hit flat out hit. Mm-hmm. But I that's like your that. main piece, right? And then you just kind of get a throw in. Would you be happy with that? 
Because I think that's no. all it would be. Okay. Because it's tough, right? It's tough to gauge because, like, he's a second baseman. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the positional value kind of that that's where it's like that's why I still added hence because the positional value still kind of has to weigh in there at some point. Um, but to answer your question, no, just taking a second baseman out of this, I'd probably prefer a different package. Okay. Looking at his stats now, at a 2.1 war in 2023, he'd be the best second baseman the Sox has had in almost a decade. Right. Not saying much, <laughs> but you're absolutely you know, that, that's Yeah, that's the t- when you always like when you compare second baseman or right fielders. I think I remember sharing yeah. a stat with Zoe with about right fielders for the White Sox for the past, like, you know, maybe last decade. And it's like the bar is very low. <laughs> so, I have yeah, made it absolutely cool. hit, but it, it's something ahead, where, Joy. again, if it's just a second baseman, then no. I, w- I no, would I, and create I, a different package and pick a different team. And I get that, and I'm with you on that. And they do have one, two, three, four, five, five pitchers in their top ten prospects, Tank being number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, that I'm all about getting that uh, MLB-ready second baseman. And for to hear all those say he could flat-out hit – mean something when it comes to the NL Central. So um that I'm not against that trade. I'm with it, especially if we can get that bum Romy Gonzalez out of here. Um <laughs> <laughs> but uh I did want to say that I have made it 41 minutes and seven seconds into the show without even complimenting that immaculate flow you have going now. And I just want to bring it up because it looks good, bud. It Thank looks real you. good. I'm really Thank happy for you. You got a little, you got a look going right now. You got to credit like Senior Socks for reminding you. Yes, credit yes, all thank the. Thank you to Senior Socks for uh, throwing yeah. that compliment out there too. All the all the regulars came in right on the on time, 45 minutes late, but they're all in the comments now. Um, Those right, asses so, show at the reclining seat movies five minutes after the movie starts, right when you get fucking comfortable. I got my legs up, and now we're walking in five minutes after the credits. God dang. So the. <laughs> All right, I don't mind that Cardinals trade. See, this is why I'm glad you're on the show because you breaking it down and like actually looking into it and explaining it. Because I'm one of those people that just can't oh, read. give me so, that Reds trade though. Give me this Reds trade all day long. I would trade yeah. a lot of Cubs players for one of the players that you have on this list. So, actually, I'm going to tell you right now, one of the players on your red list is probably worth Dylan Cease all by himself, in my opinion. So is I'm he from bit. Vegas? Nope. Okay, fair enough. I thought thought for sure he was from Vegas. He's Uh, one of my favorite prospects in all of baseball behind Montgomery. I'll just put it that way. All right, well, that's... The Cubs could have had him. There is no better lead-in than that. Jordan, walk us through this this Reds trade, bud. You guys will know it. The Reds trade was an interesting one because I kind of couldn't tell. This one, there were two trades that I felt like, hey, I probably maybe overshot the return. This was one of them. Rhett Lauder, who the Reds just drafted this year, basically is major league ready uh, outside of a guy like Paul Skeens that you could get uh, right out of college uh, coming from Wake Forest. He would be a right-handed arm. Chase Petty, I have liked him for quite a bit. I I just like the overall makeup. He's been traded a couple times. I think he started with the Twins uh, way back when. Um, I like his makeup overall as a pitcher. Cam Collier, third baseman. 
That's Fitz's guy. Is it? Fitz, yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. the guy he wants. I think he's probably one of the most raw talent. He the kid's only like yeah. 12 years old right now. He, he, <laughs> dropped, he dropped out of high school and played junior college baseball when he should be a junior in high school, basically, at his age. And he raked like a mofo. He's the closest yeah. non... He's the closest thing I've seen to Bryce Harper with that kind of like that at that age. I guess we'll say it that way. At that age, I'm 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 all over. Like if I, if I could, tri- I don't even know who I would. I pretty much give up anybody in the Cubs farm system right now for Collier, other than like Pete Crow Armstrong and, and maybe say, yeah, off the brakes a little bit, but mm. and he falls better. On- He's so good. And he falls onto that sort of buy low category because he didn't really have the greatest of years, but also he's 18 in yeah. low A ball, so it's like. <laughs> He was 17 you, when he started low A ball, I think. Or 17 in low A ball. So it's like, can you finagle that one, essentially? That that was one where it's like, kind of bought low. You, you see the vision in that type of player. If you can get um, that, give 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 Getz the, uh, the GM of the year already. There's one more, and then I got a question. Yes, there's one more piece. And the last one is Dr. Rodriguez. This is a guy who's bat. He's undersized as a player. The bat's going to carry him as far as it will go. He oh, had a shit. great start to the season, um, or the uh, minor league season last year. Faded a little bit. It's very much the bat's going to carry him. He doesn't really walk all that much. He really doesn't have loud tools anywhere else. But he can hit pretty good when he gets a hold of the ball. Yeah, um, little guy, man. Holy shit. Yeah, Five, eight little outfielder. dude with some power. And yeah. I thought that, again, in terms of back end of deals, that was another interesting name to me. Again, so, if you can get three out of these four, that'd be awesome. So my question with regards to the Reds deal mm-hmm. is if the Reds threw in a Jonathan India, what prospects do you think would come along with that price? Hmm, you'd probably, you'd I'm a probably big Jonathan still India need guy. at least I'd probably still need at least loud louder or petty because I don't think India's interesting because, like, he was moved. He, he was drafted as a third baseman, moved because mm-hmm. of his arm, but hasn't played good defense at all at second base. So, it's like, do you potentially move him back, see if the arm can find a way to play over at third base? That's an, th- that's an interesting situation. When I thought about India, I'm like, well, if the Sox were to trade for him, I know Moncada's there for now. I'd almost rather see if he can play there a little bit because I know he can't play defensively second base very well. And I don't exactly trust the team to teach him to be a strong defensive second baseman right now. So if he was included, I'd still probably need one of the two pitchers listed because I don't consider India a strong enough headliner where he's at right now. He's another one where it's the Reds are, if they're going to trade him, they're probably going to have to take less than they probably would want to, to trade for him. Or to trade. He won, rook- he won rookie of the year in 21 with a 3.1 B wars or F war season. And then just for comparison, in 22, he was a 0.5 F war. And then in 23, he was a 1.2. So it's kind of a little bit of a curve, but Clear. I don't know. It's probably because he is a Florida Gator, but I'm a fan. Gator fans. I wouldn't mind having him on here. Um, and then the the one we have to talk about here, Jordan. I've been <laughs> dying to get to it. I saved it for last for this specific Wait. reason. Then we actually second to last because we do got to talk about the Cubs, potential Cubs trade with these guys because of the whole premise of the show. But talk to us about this Diamondbacks trade. 
the, the Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks fans one is really so funny because if you asked me to rank these trades in, in terms of how good I felt putting these packages together, this Diamondbacks one is pretty low on my list because I really didn't think they would trade Lawler. I, I think they genu- genuinely believe he's the shortstop of the future. You move mm-hmm. Perdomo over to second base and Marte can go fill an outfield spot. That's how I view them doing it. Mm-hmm. So they also probably won't have Brandon Fott be available because they threw him um, in the playoffs and they have said positive things saying, you know, he, we, we think he's a part of the future. So there go their mm-hmm. top two prospects. Well, the rest of the prospect pool isn't that strong, despite what Diamondback fans might tell you. So mm-hmm. if you're going to trade for him, value has to come from the top somewhere, the major league level. Because of how I did the mental gymnastics of Lawler to short, Perdomo to second, Marte to center field to compliment Corbin Carroll. That's why I took Alec Thomas because Mm -hmm. then he became a little bit more expendable in that scenario that I put together. Mm -hmm. Himself has not really shown a strong bat. I get people like, well, we only, the, the big thing was, well, we have center field defense down. I'm like, well, there's two other outfield positions too that, Neither one are playing great defense right now. So you can move them there and hope he hits a little bit. Hope being a lefty in guaranteed right field plays a little bit better. That's a huge risk as a player, though. He has not shown the hit tool consistently, and he really hasn't shown an on-base tool to back up on. You know, if all else fails, at least you're getting on base. Well, it's not happening with him. So that's a huge risk. Drew Jones, Mr. Untouchable, I guess. No, they're both untouchable, Jordan. Yeah. I, I think the concern is, and I'm not the only one who believes that the concern is the name is carrying a lot of the pedigree here. Mm-hmm. And so, otherwise, I think that's always going to be fair for a player. There have been talks about, you know, needing to make swing changes, things like that. And Diamondback fans are like, well, he made these changes and had this really strong stretch towards the end of the season. Fine. That's great. You need to do it over the course of a longer period of time. I would understand not trading him for, for the Diamondbacks. But you have mm-hmm. to understand where his value probably is at right now. Teams are a little concerned about can he hit or not. And if you're going to trade him now, you're probably not going to get as much that you would like to get from him. Um, and then Lynn, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. Uh, a sneaky left-handed arm, human Lynn. I'll assume that's probably mm-hmm. it. No, um, right. I think you're right. I'm the professional name pronouncer here, so I'm going to say you're right. (laughs) I know. I've I've screwed up the ones I thought were easy, too, like pages. I'm like, I got this one. So was a resident orator. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Um, He's someone where, you know, he's a control first guy. Fastball sits low 90s, the very highest. Uh, Strong off-speed pitch. A nice third piece in it. Again, you Mm -hmm. can... This is Again, I really didn't like this trade all that much because... Drew Jones is still a huge risk. Mm-hmm. Alec Thomas is a huge risk. And a soft, soft tossing, quote unquote, left-hander is always a risk too. So in, in terms of risk reward, yeah, Thomas can learn how to hit and play great outfield defense. Mm-hmm. He can almost be like an Adam Eaton type in right field if, if it really works out well. Adam Eaton the first time he was with the White Sox. Okay, second. thank you for clarifying. <laughs> um, <coughs> when, Eaton, when Eaton was like a 5-6 win right, right field. That's the ideal world for him. The ideal world for Drew Jones is obviously the name matches the pedigree that that it comes with. Um, And then Lynn, probably a back-end guy, regardless of where he falls. So 
Can I say this about Jones though too? I think yes. it's a, it's a little harsh to talk about the injury stuff because the dude's a six foot four, 20, 20 year old moving right. Into, and and you're going to have you know again he's a fast developing guy. You're going to have quad and hamstring issues when you're that tall, mm-hmm. that fast, that early. He uh, um, oh did I fart in the mic? Oh shit, sorry, senior socks. Um, no, uh, but he's one of those guys. Like again, when you see some of these guys that develop early, I mean they're not even developed early. I mean if you watch them play in high school, I mean he he was bigger than everybody, but he's six, four, 180 pounds. You know, he hasn't right. filled it yet. He's going to have soft tissue issues as he builds actual soft tissue. And so right. that's the big thing about him is he's another one though. Like we talked about, if you guys can snake drew Jones as part of this deal, you that's a worth a gamble right there because the kid, if the kid does do what most people project, he's going to do even with some of these injuries, these weird freak injuries, like the batting practice thing was so weird. Mm-hmm. You've got a you've got a guy that again could rival Montgomery for the top prospect. You had two right. guys, your dad, him, the, some of these guys that are being mentioned could theoretically pass Montgomery um, if things just you know blow in their favor. Which so I, I love the Drew Jones edition. I think that's great, and I think that would be a buy low kind of thing because the injury stuff. That's how the Cubs got Pete Crow Armstrong for Javi Baez, right? And it's it's the story you can tell. It's like hey. Again, it's all it's trying to think about what are teams thinking in negotiations. Like mm-hmm. guests can walk in there and be like, listen, exactly what you're saying. He's gonna deal with these soft tissue things, but we know he needs to make swing changes. Is he ever gonna get enough at bats to really be able to implement these swing changes against competition? You know, I, I know you think he's a stud, but here's my concerns and so it's it's that negotiation back and forth thing. We don't know which one of us is gonna be right, or if that's even fair to say until five, six years from now when he's making me look like an idiot for even suggesting the fact that he doesn't reach his potential. But, but the reality is when you're going into this, you have to work with the information in front of you while also mm-hmm. understanding some of the projections moving forward. Absolutely. Six, six years from now, people will judge you for saying that, even though you're operating literally with the here and now, which is the funny part. Right. It's like, I am operating with this. I don't have information to the projection models that teams have. I, I don't have that. I'm operating with a bunch of statistics that I can any of us can get access to right some video some scout opinions and a whole bunch of different rankings like that's what we're all working with when we're with, trying to do this so with Dylan Cease too if you can land one player that contributes at the major league level consistently mm-hmm. it's not a flop of a trade obviously if you can right. get two players that are even average everyday major leaguers you win the trade but you'll never know like, I hate when people are like we won the trade no, you don't know a guy what, what team wins the trade until everybody's either competing at the major league level like the cubs have made a lot of trades right mm-hmm. and i don't think the cubs have won a single trade because none of these guys are playing major league baseball so until they do who cares i'm not winning you know minor league titles don't mean anything so this is the same thing with these guys when, when you have these like you know these these again you're not privy to the data you're not privy to what they're seeing in their analytics what they specifically look forward to every organization has their own plan for the most part and the development and what they do well as development systems too. So you can't look at some of these guys and not know like, what do the Sox develop well compared to where the D backs develop? Well, what do the Cardinals mm-hmm. develop? Well, et cetera. So these guys might be better fits in other, other franchise development systems too. And they might not, and it might not be working with the ones they're in. So like, again, when you look at these things, you don't see these things till down the road because nobody wins a trade until either everybody's done with their deal and they've retired or they're playing major league baseball. You know what I mean? It's, it's, right. it's never, a, it's never ended until all the players have finished their careers. So I, I mean, we're still you, looking at like the Cease and Jimenez trade for Quintana. It's like, that's still, it's like, right. was that, it's like, yeah, Cease was awesome. Jimenez is a contributor. And it's like, Cease, if Cease gets you, right. like say uh, Cam Collier, all of a sudden you guys won the Cubs trade by proxy. 
Like right, because now it's like, what can you build on this too? Mm. Is kind of how you need to look at it. Mm. Like, yeah, maybe Jimenez wasn't exactly what they wanted. Cease was pretty close to what they wanted. But if you if you look back to then, it's like, well, Jimenez was the big piece. Look at this light tower power guy. And Cease, there were still concerns about whether or not he was a reliever. Those it, it kind of flipped on everybody. And that's when you look at those sorts of trades, it's like you think you know everything now, and the prospect rankings say this, and it's like. Well, this trade, that trade completely flipped in terms of where the value really came from. I was so mad, by the way. (laughs) So for those of you that... St. Lawrence head coach Adam Nissen thought that Quintana was going to be the Cubs ace. I just want to make sure I throw that out there. So if uh, if Adam's listening, congratulations on the the, uh, state runner. You just brought Lawrence to state for the first time since 79, dude. (laughs) Give the kid some fucking slack. Um, There wasn't an ace. So for... Those that aren't as up to speed on the statistical side of things, I had to look this up as I was just getting hammered left and right by Diamondbacks fans about this trade. (laughs) Let's talk about Alec Thomas first, okay? Alec Thomas, obviously, he's from the south side, went to Mount Carmel. You know, that'd be great to have him come home. His dad actually used to work in the White Sox organization. But if you look at the season that Alex had, well, you saw the kid. Not the door closed behind. Did anyone yeah. not no. see the kid? <laughs> <laughs> or hear him? I don't know. Little Joe's running around like a uh, ghoulie or like a critter from that old movie's Critters. Like, I my running around the yeah, room. You can't he's uh, the new the new movie of choice in this house is the Monsters Monsters Inc. and Monsters. Oh, <laughs> two hours. That's a good one. Now. Great choice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but in 2023, the regular season. Alec Thomas was a 71 WRC plus. And for those of you, again, that don't know what that means, 100 is the average score. That's your average baseball player. He was 71. He was 29 below. He did have a bush light. You couldn't see it. 29 below (laughs) the average average major league player. And he carried a .5 war. Now, defensively, he's very good. He was second in the NL not in the league, like some dickhead said, in the NL, and runs saved. He's a very good fielder. I could, An outfield with him and Luis Robert would be a pretty serious force defensively. Now, where Alec has trouble is he chases a lot. A lot. He, his K rate is, whew. I mean, his slash line, ladies and gentlemen, last year was 230, 273, 374 with a – uh, WOBA of 278. I mean, he had a good postseason, and that's where the love's coming from. We were talking yeah. about this a little bit Recency before we bias. started. Jordan. He had a really good postseason, a lot of really clutch hits. He became a big name in Arizona lore in this great story. One guy actually told me they can't trade him because he's Corbin Carroll's best friend. Um these are the kind of arguments I was getting, folks. So that's Alec Thomas. Again, I'm not trying to fantasy football this, where I offer a trade and I try to tell you your players suck, so you give me the trade. Like, But I'm just trying to make this like Jordan wasn't fucking crazy for making this deal. If anything, as you mentioned, the Sox are the ones overpaying in this deal because we're, we're basing it off of potential with this deal with the Diamondbacks. Right. Proven versus proven. You got exclamation point. Exactly. Or question mark. And that season that you guys were talking about saying that Drew Jones wasn't that good, he bounced around 
two levels of rookie ball and low A ball. He slashed 238, 353, 327 with an OPS of 680. I mean, the kid hit two home runs in 41 games. Now, that is over 41 games. Again, there was injury. Again, he's a growing boy. I get that. We're literally talking about teenagers in some of these cases. So, yes, I understand all that. Andrew Jones is one of my favorite players of all time. I want this kid on name alone. So, the name lore works on me. I think it'd be awesome. The potential is there. I get why Diamondbacks don't want to let him go. I do understand that. So it's a risk reward thing. Oh, God. I was going to say, just can I throw this out there too? You're, you're jumping at all these prospects too. I see a name on here that stands out to me. And I know that he's lower on this because he's had off the field issues. He struggled with mental health. But there's a kid in that D backs organization named Christian Robinson. Mm-hmm. And he is actually an exceptionally talented player. But yes. he did get in trouble. He had a little mental breakdown. I think he assaulted maybe a cop even. Um, and obviously, I think they're judging a little bit of his off-the-field stuff when it goes to talent. The dude is is very gifted. Would you guys as Sox fans be willing to take a gamble on a player like – again, the dude's what, 20? Is he 20? 22. So he's 22, but he's a 6'3", 190, fast, outfielder, does a lot of things well. Um he was really playing well. He was actually number 43 on the top 100 for a bit until the incident. And then um, he doesn't turn July until the offseason. And now he's kind of, but would you take a gamble like on these types of players? Are you willing to let the, are you willing to take second chance guys as well in these types of deals where you might get a better value, but you might have a question mark of, is this guy going to like, you know, punch a, I a, think a police horse or something? There's a lot more to that question than yes or no. Mm-hmm. I think it's what, comes with what else is coming yeah why are we taking this risk and that's that's the stuff with all of this it's risk it's it's levels of risk and reward right like i am giving you right injury risk is the same sort of yeah it's kind it's like i am giving you you know beat up a cop you can dispute the statistics on the tough guys (laughs) (laughs) gritty (laughs) (laughs) i mean you you won't you won't fire in passions though come on and then the south side jokes would just <laughs> it's the skill sets there man south. it's just you know maybe someone give a good mentor you know right maybe it's andrew vaughn he's a clubhouse noted clubhouse leader andrew vaughn uh, <laughs> sorry hi um <laughs> just don't look at me and i'll stay out of trouble just don't look at me with those eyes please put the Do devil you like cars <laughs> i like cars Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just I was just saying it's it's levels of risk and reward, right? Like if I'm giving you a starting pitcher who over the past three seasons has made all of his starts, oh my goodness. Um I'm giving you a guy that has given you 32 starts each of the last three years. That is a proven major league commodity. If I'm gonna accept more risk in terms of the player, like the, the types of Drew Jones and Alec Thomas, yeah. It could be awesome. It you, you can't just judge based off of the potential high reward because I'm accepting a ton of risk with these guys too. Like it's versus getting someone like I, I no prospect is a surefire thing, but someone who's a little bit closer no. to the majors who's shown things at a, at a higher level. I feel a little bit better. There's a little less risk with the same amount of reward. Then yeah, I'll get less of those guys, or those guys might be off the table. So can I, can I piggyback mm-hmm. on that too? I need you guys to do me a favor too, because this is now for the other people. Sell me on why 
we should believe that the good year for Dylan Cease isn't the outlier and the rest of the numbers and the rest of the seasons aren't Dylan Cease like this year. And, you know, tell me why the one year where he was a Cy Young contender tell makes him why? give me the, give me, give me the value on that because I know a lot of people I've heard this a ton as an argument is he's had the one good year and he's had mediocre others. So, you know, when you have three or four or five years and you've got one year that's good and four years that are not great, um, which one's the outlier? So I've heard outlier a lot with this. Tell me on what you're going to tell these teams when they say, hey, how can you guarantee me that this guy's going to be 2022 Dylan Cease, not 2023, 2021, and so on and so on? The guy that could blow up at any moment when something goes bad on the diamond, which was like his MO. You know, it's like two seconds later, you blink, and all of a sudden you're down four when he's been pitching great, but then like that wheel falls off for a second and then you get it back on goes again, but you're down four all of a sudden. Like I, that's what I'm thinking. Oh God, here it comes again. Oh shit. <laughs> it's a good, it's a, a legitimate question because, and there's no good way to refute what the numbers say on the field. That That's going to be the hardest thing in any conversation is that there is no good way to refute the numbers on the field. You can, you can quote FIP, all that fun stuff. You can quote all of that stuff but you can't dispute the results at the end of the day. What, what you go into those conversations saying is, you know, the strikeout rate has maintained just about where it's been. You know, you're, you're probably a high walk guy at the same time, but the strikeout rate isn't falling. The, the, the stuff itself, there were concerns about maybe a little bit of drop off in the slider, maybe a change in shape of it a little bit. That's something where, okay, when it's a shape argument, it's like, okay, let, let's look at the video from 2022, see what you were doing there. Maybe a change we thought was going to work in 2023 didn't work out. So that that you're making the argument for cease on durability because he has made all of his starts the past three years. That's, a good, that's a good selling piece right there. It's that's a huge that goes out every damn day. I like that. Right. Yeah. He is going out there every single day of the past three seasons. And you throwing know, four and a half <laughs> Burn the bullpen anyway, but he got those extra four, so we're good. When when your 2023 was not a good season, 2021 was somewhere in between. It was average to above average. 2022 was the the great one. Yeah. You you see what he can be. Right. You you see what it can be. The the fact that he's proven it on the field still feels like you can make the argument of you can still get to that. There was nothing – that was, that was so outlier in that year that made it like, you know, there's no way he could possibly re- re- repeat this if you look at all the underlying metrics. But again, it comes back to, yeah, you can't argue what's on the field at the end of the day. What you go into that argument is you know, nothing in the underlying metrics in 2022 suggested this was completely impossible to do again. The stuff doesn't really change all that much. You know the slider's elite. So it's, you get him into your lab as a as a new team, yeah. It's probably there's probably something going on, which is interesting for C's because like he seems like a very cerebral dude. Maybe which, it takes which is the problem. Turn that right, and, and then it, and then it says maybe you take another dude to, in a different philosophy of stop thinking so much, just yep. do this, just do that. Some guys that works well, some guys it doesn't. So works great for me. I mean, that's why that's what you Giolito gained 100 pounds, lost 140. Did yoga right. some to- things work, some things don't. Some things it's, it's is like, over adjustment, over adjustment, right? Too. Over to that right. point, like, Jordan. Now, I don't think this is going to happen because there is so much interest in C's. <laughs> I find it difficult that uh, the White Sox won't get close to max value in a return. But are you at all concerned that 
let's say a Dodgers. Uh, obviously, we know their track record with pitching, uh, their player development, their pitching infrastructure. That they have you see, and they're like, you yeah, know, the White Sox are leaving a lot on the bone here. We're mm-hmm. turning this guy. He's going to be like Cy Young contender for the two years that we have him at least. And sure, they might give up. They might give up a flashy name, but in mm-hmm. reality, they end up fleecing the White Sox somehow. Oh, oh absolutely. I, I I think that is absolutely a concern when you're looking at team. That that's why it's like something that's so important is, is like where do these former White Sox players end up at the end of the day? Like Ronaldo Lopez going to the Braves. Okay, that that should make you think about that. The Dodgers being super interested in Cease. That should make you think about that. Lynn was kind of the outlier last year, but enough people were saying, you know, here's what they see. Can they work with it? That you kind of understood the logic behind it. So the team that trades for Cease is going to say a lot about what they think. And if it's the Dodgers of all teams and the Braves being interested, that says a lot about, you know, what's being left on the bone. And as a team, if you could extract that, that'd be great. But it doesn't seem like you can. At the very least, as a GM, you have to be able to sit here and say, what are they thinking about? What are things that I can find? I have some sort of analytics team here. What are things I can find to arm myself with, even if it doesn't match what's happening on the field? Because I know you're the Dodgers. I know you're interested and I know you see something. And so what am I missing? Because mm-hmm. there's something there, someone needs to find it before you finish these negotiations and decide, oh, we're just going to take this. And have you seen him throw a frisbee? <laughs> he's a that's the missing ago. piece. I don't and think anyone's the taking the frisbee piece. into account. No. Um, <laughs> Jordan, you got time for two more teams? Of course. Thank you very much. So the first one, I want to finish with the Cubs. So the one before the Cubs, though, because their name keeps popping up, they don't have the farm. So I'm curious, I want you to kind of enlighten everybody with what a package from the Atlanta Braves would look like to you. Package. Insanely pitching heavy. It would be. They have two people in the top 100, and they're both pitchers. So that's the sort of team where the the trade I put together was three pitchers. Um, Smith-Schuster. No, that's not the name. What did I put together? While you're thinking, by the way, Jordan, I love the picture of you on your Twitter, by the way, because your players are really tall. It's so bad. Or 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 you just all those height. I I'm only five nine, so they're all. Oh, okay. No, no, you're fine then. Uh, I just Um, it looked looked good. I love that picture, by the way. I'm just saying, I love one of my favorite things is that kind of picture. So just complimenting. I know it's just so candid too. I loved it, but it's. um, uh, Smith Smith Shaver. I'm sorry. Shaver. Schuster's the guy they just traded for. Smith Shaver. Uh, Hurston Waldrop and Owen Murphy, three pitchers, three of the top four prospects per baseball America in their system. The reality is that's the type of return you'd have to get from the Braves, at least two of those names, because their prospect pool is not nearly as deep. No, it's curves, prospect curves. So that and everyone has mentioned Vaughn Grissom. He does not move the needle for me personally. He's been pretty horrendous defensively which doesn't really fit the mold of this team and he really hasn't shown he hasn't really gotten extended opportunities to hit let's be fair but he really hasn't shown he can hit the major level that's that's more of a back-end piece of a trade versus if the Braves came to me and said okay we'll give you Smith Shaver and Grissom and our 10th ranked prospect I'd be like "Mm, Grissom isn't enough as a secondary piece for me 
Um, I know he's been thrown around a lot. The Braves are ready to get rid of him. And this is not to bring the whole Aaron Bummer thing into this, but like when teams and fans are ready to get rid of guys at a certain point, you have to sit. Why are we, why are, why is everyone saying get rid of them? Why is he on the trading block? Why are they so willing to move him? Like, like Clemson, at a certain right? point, oh, never mind. Right. right. It, it's like at a certain point, you have to look and say, why is this fan base just as fans educating yourselves? Why are people so ready to get rid of these guys? And the reality is, well, Gris, in Grissom's case, he really doesn't fit what this team is trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, he fills a hole. Absolutely. But that's like checking and saying, yes, I got this second baseman. Like th- this team this team needs guys, and especially if you're gonna trade Cease, this team needs guys where you can start filling in holes other than center field. Because like just, just shoving somebody wait, there wait, say that again isn't wait, should we shove Beaver in the hole? Because I like when you say filling their holes. <laughs> God Bitch, you gotta I be on right camera if you're gonna that say one. that shit. <laughs> I walked right into that one. Yes, um you know you're you know what show you're on. I know <laughs> we're five uh, years old. Pinwheels and fans only. <laughs> um but the the point being if you're trading a top end guy like this you need to get talent that you can comfortably slot into future projections it it might not work it might be the moncada kopech argument all over but you have to at least go into this saying these are legitimate ball players with legitimate tools that i can dream on as a scouting director as a general manager as a manager filling out future lineup cards Grissom doesn't get there. And I think the idea of a quantity trade doesn't get there for me either. I, I, I need a headliner. Like, yep. This is my guy. Absolutely. (laughs) I like that. All this talk about season, no mention of, Oh, slider slide. (laughs) He is a fucking poet too. So the Braves deal doesn't really move the needle for me. Mm. So that's where it'll probably end up. So is this Um, one going, we're going flaccid on this next one, aren't we? Yeah, well, now, due to the nature of the show and it actually being a pie, you can't rule it out. What do you need from the Cubs for Dylan Cease? This is the other, Explain yourself. This is the other trade. And so this is, of all the arguments that people got in with me over this godforsaken article. Aldo just sat um, back and turned his mic up, so get ready to get in another <laughs> argument. I, I think the best <laughs> argument someone made to me was on this Cubs one uh, in terms of the overvaluation of, or in terms of how much the Sox would get back. And it, the, the conversation was around Horton and what he said, or, or she said, whoever it was, was you've never seen, yes, even in those trade proposals you, you sent though, you never saw a top 20, 25 ish prospect. That was a pitcher get traded. And I thought that was the fairest point in terms of any of the um, disagreements over the articles, you know, yes, he might be this top 20 prospect, but you need to value those a little bit different with pitchers than you do position guys. That was absolutely the best argument I heard there. Um, So I did put down Horton um, right-handed pitcher who I loved. I, I was, I was not shocked at all with, with all the stuff the Cubs talked about in their pitching lab to see them take Horton. I loved that pick for them when the heat, when they, uh, it was at Oklahoma, I believe. Correct. Yeah. I want to keep, I, I want to, I want to camp Collier. I loved that, uh, decision. Owen Cassie, 
light tower power guy, a little bit of swing and miss concern. Luke Little, 100 mile an hour arm, but a reliever. And then Brennan Davis, that type of Christian Robinson type player who just might need to go somewhere else to recapture some of what he's been before. You can proceed to roast me on the Cubs trade. <laughs> but, but I did, I wrote it in the article and the fan who, who commented on it gave me the great point of, yes, you know, in terms of where they ranked, this might match up in some cases, but it's a pitcher versus a position player prospect. I thought that was a really good argument from their standpoint. Although, what would you give up? Yeah, realistically, I mean, and like we like the 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 Kate Horton, like at this point, if you're if we're just strictly talking about fans uh, d- discussing online, like he's he, like that's uh he's like an untradeable right now. It's that's close to it. That's it, Jordan. These guys both are big on Horton. I, 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 I'm yeah. big on Horton too. I, and it's I, extremely funny because I remember. I remember at the time in that 22 draft, I mean, it was like a position heavy draft and like nobody had Kate Horton going to the Cubs at seven. And when that mm-hmm. pick came in, the Cubs fans awesome. were like, what, what, who the fuck is, or why are they, they saw the ERA. It's like, why are you getting a guy who has a five and a half ERA who's pitched, you know, 12 games coming off Tommy John surgery. It was like panic mode. What are the Cubs doing? And now he's, they're, I mean, next to PCA, he's they're one of their top prospects, their top pitching prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mm-hmm. he's a what like a top two starting pitching prospect in most uh in most lists. And I think that's the main point, like you said, Jordan, and that point that was brought up is Kate Horton starting pitcher who seems no one's a guarantee, but he seems like he's a legit guy who may contribute as soon as next season. He came up to double A uh, in 2023. Uh, I mean, he's going to be at AAA maybe at the start of 24 and maybe works up uh, just like Jordan Wicks did uh, late in the summer in 2024. Mm-hmm. Now, this is why I'm not going to completely roast you. And I've always mentioned it when I write articles about trade proposals uh, and we get pushed to write those or like, you know, analyze other trade proposals. I push the him. fact that you did ten of these, I admire. I admire the hell out of you. <laughs> uh, oh, wait a minute! Way Hold harder on. than I thought. It's coming from the parking lot. <laughs> What's up? I've, ne- I've never seen. I've never the seen these two in the same room at the same time. So it this comes in the parking lot. That theory that Mitch and Jordan were the same. Mitch, we already went through every team. We're on the Cubs trade for Cease right now. Really? You did? You just got there? Well, I got to tell you, I was listening to it on the drive to where my live shot was, and I don't like the setup with the two Sox stand, two Cubs stand, because the Sox stand replacing me is a lot smarter. I don't like the, I don't like the sound. He's got better hair too, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, all right, since I know you only got limited time, we're going to put a pin in the Cubs. What do you need back from any team, Mitch, in your opinion, to get Dylan Cease? I would need two of their top 10 prospects probably in, in an organization. I mean, it depends. If I got like a top 100 and then like a number 10 prospect in their organization, that would be sufficient for me. Um, but I would say at least two of the top 10 in within within their organization, given, given I, the years of control. I will say, Jordan, when the article initially came out and I put it in our group chat and I said, I think he's overvaluing C's. 
Mitch was the first one going, fuck no, give me two one, top 100 prospects for C. So Mitch was was Team Jordan right out of the gate for a lot of the It's the hard, right? Because like, there's some precedent for it, but also it's like I, I understand the counter arguments of where his numbers were last year. Like I, It's really hard. If he had had a season like his 2021 where it was a step back from the Cy Young year, but it wasn't this far back, this would have been so much easier to justify. So I, I, it's hard. It's like there's yep. precedent, no, I agree. but it's where does it fall? Oh, Mitch, the cricket. Oh, I, was about is... to, I was about to bring up the juiciest White Sox rumor of all. Okay, I think my oh, internet cut out. Am oh, I back now? Yep. You're back. You're back. All right, Mitch. We need we need this discussion. I got on. The, I had to get on the hot spot. The Johnny uh, <laughs> White Wi-Fi out here. In Did the you jump world. on the meth? Did you that meth house Wi-Fi is pretty good, huh? No, I actually got a normal story today. It's about like a library union contract. So you know. Oh, library. That sounds like a fucking scorcher. Oops, now oops, that we have Wi-Fi, the fucking worst. Hey, there are some tense negotiations. Yeah. If you sell it hard enough, it can be exciting. That, that's were they trying to Were they trying to ban books? And and did a woman get out in the aisles and said, "Let's step outside, you Nazi cow." Well, uh, you watch ABC 17 News at 10, and you can. Oh, look at that! Oh, He's what a, a pro! <laughs> oh, He's there's a, a pro. Bug. They said I'm ugly and I don't read good. Go ahead, Mitch. <laughs> or, although, what is the? Oh no, right here. Learn to read. This is perfect. That Jordan's on. Mitch is on. Um, Supposedly, both of you guys can uh, discuss. Uh, let, let's talk about how Salvador Perez is the perfect You're clubhouse your head leader. At the same time, <laughs> is it Mitch or is it? Is it... <laughs> Go ahead, well, Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez, Matt, Mitch, ready for someone to speak? I don't know. We're just you gotta stop freaking me out with this thing. Yeah, this is good. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not discussing Perez. Debbie Zavala is a good catcher. Oh, no, I was supposed to make it look like Jordan was saying that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I mean, I'm not be... discussing Perez. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I refuse. <laughs> I Mitch, just, I can't have an argument. Do we have to go down this road? No, look, I we mean... don't. We've done this so many times already. <laughs> yeah, this... we've done this so many times. Mitch likes it. Good locker room well, look, obviously there's some red flags there, but like I'm just saying, it wouldn't be the worst thing for the White Sox if half that contract was picked up. It's not as bad as everyone's making it seem. I wouldn't be jumping up and down. I'm not like actively rooting for them to sign Salvador Perez, but like I could see some benefits to adding him to that roster. That was my point, but we don't have to. That was, yeah. But back, back to see, so because that's the, the main topic of tonight. So you're with Jordan, two top 100, or at least two. Of the organizations will depend it, it really does depend on the organization so that's so hard to just be general with because like the braves you need at least three top five because their farm system sucks and then from the orioles though you need like two top ten because their farm system's loaded so i guess a better question to you mitch would be what team do you want to see dylan cease go to who are you trying to make the the trade with oh well so and you have to trade him. You can't say, oh, right. let him stay. No, no, no. Selfishly, like, so, because I like Dylan Cease, I think it would be cool if he went back to his hometown team with the Braves, but it just doesn't make sense for the White Sox because if you look at that farm system, I don't think the best player you're going to get is what that one pitcher they got that was probably going to be their fifth starter. His name's escaping me, um, uh, the right hander. But like, I don't think. Cologne. Um, but yeah, no, I don't. I, I think I would like to see him. I would like to see him go to Baltimore just because I think that is where the most loaded farm system where you're going to get. I mean, they just got a ton of dudes there. Um, so you get two of their top tens. 
and you're you're making out pretty well. There are the Dodgers. I think there's a lot of interesting pieces on the Dodgers too uh, that I, I would like to see. So I either of those two I would be fine with. Um, the Braves I just don't think have the assets where it would make sense to make a trade for. Or it's with concerning them. to me right now how much I agree with you, Mitch. I'm second guessing myself thoroughly right now. What about a me, Matt me and Mitch Shaw. haven't agreed on a lot of things lately. Well, that's why this is this is making me nervous. Me and Mitch agreed on like all of our preseason predictions. So there you go. I, I, I came up with the I came up with the Cubs uh, trade proposal. Is it oh, a real yeah. one or is this a no, make real. Been, off uh, one? Okay. Well, I was yeah, thinking we got a couple ideas here. I was telling Jordan how much I admire, like to come up with ten, and that that's a lot of that hard is fucking hard. To get For those of you that don't say magical, don't say magical, don't say magical, don't say magical. Say never mind. Okay, Did you so see the Anthony Kastrovitz uh, proposal? Where I, I mentioned how, because uh, Zoe was talking about if uh, anyone writes about a Lise Robert trade proposal, we have to have him on the show. I'm like, good thing we have one of our co-hosts who wrote about it. <laughs> wrote about someone else. Who yeah, he didn't make it up. If you make it up. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. Go ahead. What's the, the trade? So here we go. You get a your future third baseman, or maybe if Colson Montgomery is entrusted defensively at shortstop, you get Matt Shaw. Okay. Uh, you get uh, either Jordan Wicks or Ben Brown, solid starting pitcher. Jordan Wicks came up 23. Ben Brown uh, was on the verge but had an arm injury. Uh, and let's go with the catcher, Moises Ballesteros. I think so he made it up number... to double A maybe in 23. So He's basically, shopping, you'll love this, Jordan. He's basically Yasmina Grandal 2.0. Walks and hits home runs. Well, in that case, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Although you salesman son of a bitch, you know your audience. I'd so be terrible in these negotiations. Be like, it's Yasmina Grandal, Jordan. It's fine. <laughs> so you basically, Ben Brown, Matt Shaw, and Moises. So that's number five, six, and seven in the Cubs farm system. I would need at least an Owen Cassie. Oh, fuck off. Sorry, I was holding my breath. All right, all right, all right. Let Jordan. <laughs> what See, do you think about like that? How, what, what's I agree with your trade. I had, I disagree with all those trade proposals. I think yeah, you're saying you're valuing really. Cost. Yeah, I do. I think that if your trade Shaw's an overpay for Cease, I'm sorry. I'll give up Luke Little, Brennan Davis. I'm fine with those. I'm not giving up Shaw for. Yeah, Cease. I would give up those two guys. Too. <laughs> I'm not giving Brennan up Shaw. Davis. Bern Davis is a sad story in terms of a guy who was a legit, you know, like top yeah, 100 prospect, the and then dude, injuries man. have just yeah. ripped that guy yep. apart the last few years. I'm just not giving up Shaw for. I'm not giving up Shaw for Cease. Probably straight up. I'll be honest. I am. I I believe in oh, Shaw. For, you I, like I him believe, that much? I'm. I'm I. I well, yeah, because he's a developed player. The dude's gonna knock. He's gonna spend probably like. True, he is developed. That weeks, is very. Weeks, he's gonna spend six weeks at Double A this year and be at Triple A and probably be like a September call up. And he was Where's drafted. He gonna play? Where's he gonna play? Fitz? Where's he gonna play? Coming? Where's he gonna play? Fitz? <laughs> Where? <laughs> Not if you get Bichette, Dick. That's fucking true. Good point. If we have Bichette, you could have him. But that's, <laughs> that's not. He's probably going in the Bichette trade. This is me going. These all, you know, although like your trade scenario is great. If if the Cubs have already traded for Juan Soto or Pete Alonso or Bo Bichette. Any of the, you know, maybe that Otani cool. guy. If, if if those guys are left in the cupboard, then yeah, you know what, go for it because that means you're going for it, going for it because you've already made some extremely good moves in two years now. It's a really nice time to have a guy like Cease that can, you know, eat innings. And, and Jordan, and, do you think the White Sox wait until uh, Glass now is traded? Oh, yeah. hmm. that's a good question. That is a really good question. I don't know. I think. 
Glasnow's hard because he's going to make close to 20, 25 million this year. Yeah, expensive I one think, year. I think that is going to keep his value down enough to where between that and the, like, you can make a strong enough argument to where it's like, well, he hasn't been healthy and I got to pay him $25 million. And <laughs> my concern would right. absolutely be that they keep that price low enough. Mm hmm. That teams turn around and be like, well, this is all I got for one year glass now. And look at these numbers. It's, it's like, I'd almost prefer them to move it before set that and be like, hey, you know, I'm looking at what pitchers are making on the market right now. I'm looking at Sonny Gray making 25 million average annual value in his mid to late 30s. I see where the pitcher market is going. I'm going to hop on it now. Fair. fair. Um, versus, I, I think the glass now trade has the potential to deflate the cease market in multiple ways. Cause now that's one less team you can trade with. And I don't think that return is going to be that great personally. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm not totally sold on waiting. Sometimes I am. I, I don't think in this case I am though. All right. Sorry. Week five of Missy asking Mitch to do a monthly calendar. Oh, whose idea was that? The brainchild. Definitely notice there's no super chat. Attached to months of Mitch. Oh, okay. Oh. 12 months in Mitch. Like, it's, um, it's, it didn't even throw a please in there either. It's like Steve Stone circa 1973 on a calendar. Oh, my God. Mitch. If you can recreate Steve Who's Stone's playground. Oh, my God. That'd be funny. It would take a lot of super chat money for us to do that. Are we going to have to? Like, like, can you do that? Can you do that, Chester, right there? I can't. I don't See, we're going to have to get some. We're going to have to get some cotton. Maybe we'll. Like, we'll, we'll, <laughs> well look at, he's not. He's not showing any of the goods in 2024. That is that is conservative. That is absolutely <laughs> his right to show himself and be comfortable in his body. That's a and day he, at the beach in France. That is, uh, yeah, that is that is 100 percent um, an afternoon yeah. at the lake in uh, downtown um, Ozarks. Mitch but, at 11. Yes, we have a lot of images the, of uh, fully time. naked men. We do actually. I was just thinking about that too. We have. Uh, you could have one where like Mitch is like wearing like really tight like workout clothes. Hold and on, he's just hold, like, on hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll save. We'll save the Mitch calendar when we're not making Jordan sit here. Sorry. Yeah. On a seesaw, wearing tight uh, clothes. Off-season podcasting, people catch the fever. Um, ADHD catch that. Wait, squirrel. So, is there any? I guess kind of mystery team. A team we love mystery teams, Ooh. but. Any team that you haven't really seen anybody talking about that needs pitching, has a decent farm system that could be a possible destination. Oakland Athletics? <laughs> yes. um, Las Vegas Athletics? I was going to say, you, I can't believe you call them Oakland. <laughs> well, so they still are currently for a second. Hmm. Maybe Texas. Ooh. Someone said that in the comments very early in the show. Someone said, don't sleep on the Rangers. Texas might be Dunning back. Yeah. <laughs> depending on <laughs> depending on what the Mets try and do, maybe the Mets. I think the Giants are another team too. I would say the Rangers and Giants are the two that I would name. Ah, I like the Giants. The Giants. The Giants are gonna be play I think people are gonna be shocked at how much the Giants are involved this offseason. I think people are right. underestimating that Seattle to Mitch, Seattle too. I think they're underestimating the activity of those franchises right now in the Pacific, if you would say Pacific Northwest, even in San, you know San Francisco, but still. Same and Seattle's my that's my that's my Shohei team. I think they're swooping in. They're going to get Shohei. So what people got to remember is San Francisco got absolutely fucking clowned 
on the national stage last offseason with the arson judge, with uh, Correa, oh, yeah. yep. and they just got punked. So I'm thinking they're coming into this winter meetings with a chip on their shoulder. I actually like that as a mystery team. I'm just Plus, you don't hire you don't hire arms. Bob Melvin if you're not planning to compete sometime soon. Right. And it's like this is this is a manager that's meant to be in charge of a team that has winning expectations. Also true, Alex, by the way. Yes, this is also very true. What are we getting from the Giants though? That's why I didn't include them. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't I don't think that's why I didn't include them. Because somebody asked about that too after I didn't include them. And I basically (laughs) said that's this is why I didn't include them. Because I didn't a guy whose name is Photo Headshot. You gotta get a you definitely have to get Yaz back in the trade and then get Hawk for a couple games. Wizard Hunt's good, he's a good lefty. Uh but you got a lot of young babies, so it depends on your time frame. 27, 28, 27, 28, yeah. 25, 24, well, 24. Grant McCurry. That's why that's why the were tough. Did we talk Cincinnati? I could see that as a mystery team. No, we talked Cincinnati. Cincinnati was on the list. Yeah, Cincinnati I, makes a lot of sense. That one makes a lot of sense. Now, if you switch back over, though, to Texas. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing a lot more Texas logo as I scroll through this top 100 prospects. Mm-hmm. I feel like Texas can put together a fairly lucrative package. Adolis um, Garcia, straight up. Take it or start. I'll, take a, Wyatt, I'll take a Wyatt Langford. Right. I, I think there's a lot of these guys. With with Texas, it's tough, though, because, like, just spend money. Like that's right. what you've been doing, and that's been pretty that's successful. True. Why would why I didn't include Texas? Is like why would Texas trade for guys when they can just simply pay? Do they still money have any money? Like they've been doing, right? The, yeah, maybe they don't have money. Well, and they get Degrom no. back too. Do they really need to spend that money on or assets on a Dylan Seath? Uh, I don't know. It's I that really- one was tougher too. I I have seen a lot of fans mentioning it, which was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'll take a Sebastian Walcott, Wyatt Langford. That's another Florida guy. I mean, they got a pretty crowded outfield already. I'm just. I'd be surprised if they moved Langford. Like Langford. Yeah, I know that's a that's could a be out there yeah. opening day for a team. I mean, it was. They were talking about how it was like a toss up between him and Evan Carter on who they were gonna bring. I mean, they made the right move. Evan Carter mm-hmm. obviously had a great postseason, but they're one and two and. Come on, his name is literally Wyatt Langford. How does he not play in the state of Texas? Like, this guy's name's fucking Wyatt. Uh, I don't think the Yankees, uh, the Yankees want to trade for. Mm. I think they're loading up for Soto. Yeah, I keep seeing that today too. Yeah. Do the Yankees have a farm system? Yeah, they got the Dominguez guy that everyone was like high on Torres, uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, and I was like totally on track to be wrong about until that happened. I mean, I'm not seeing anything here that's really blowing me away. Spencer Jones, he's 22. His ETA is 2025. He's their top rated prospect. Who are the Yank? Who? Who? Yankees? Spencer Jones. Yeah, he's an outfielder. Double A last year. Well, uh, well, uh, Jordan. So, what do you prefer? Uh, Let's. I guess let's take away the the pedigree on the prospects, but in general, do you want MLB ready to MLB player back, or do you want 
maybe the guy who's a couple years away, but maybe has go. higher potential. Um, potential. I don't know. Ceiling always is a hard part for me because I always almost prefer the ceiling. The problem is this team has shown they don't necessarily get their players to the ceiling. So would you rather have someone who's a little bit closer that you know can contribute soon? The o- I don't have strong preferences either way. The only thing I have a strong preference against is like, I said this before, like, GMs aren't necessarily a one-size-fits-all sort of strategy in how they do trades. But if the bummer trade is how Getz is thinking, where it's always going to be pure quantity over quality, to where it's like when the the A's traded Frankie Montas to the Yankees, and then you looked at that package originally. Now Medina's turning himself into something decent. But you looked at that package originally, you're like, that's it? Like, that's all they got? Like, sure, they got four or five names, but it's like, that's all we got? Mm-hmm. That's why. That's where I'd be concerned, where it's like, he just prioritized four or five names that maybe are a little bit more closer to Major League Ready. You can plug and play him a little bit sooner. And it's like, you like where is this team? The problem is, where is this team getting its next studs? Like, mm-hmm. when they first did this, it was supposed to be Moncada, Cease, Kopech. You saw the vision in that. Where is this next crop of studs? Everyone's talking a lot about the depth. And like, yeah, this depth would have been awesome three years ago when the Sox needed it. The Sox don't need depth right now. They need good baseball players. (laughs) It's the opposite problem of where they've been. And this is a harder place to be because you have to either pay for stars or develop them. Yeah, and I mean, you could take TA off this list. Yep, maybe Eloy in a couple months. Eloy, I mean, this is bleak. And Moncada's probably off that list too because Moncada's probably not going to justify the twenty-five million next season. Nope. Big year coming out of Moncada. Here's a question for you guys, as Sox fans too. Then, are you buying what Getz is selling? Then, or I mean, is the real is the real path forward really kind of like a? uh, As Jed Hoyer would call it, a retool. Even though it's, I mean, it's pretty much a blow it up. But get lucky and hit some lightning in a bottle. Yeah, retool implies that you have something here to work with. Right. You have Luis Robert. And you have nothing else to work with. Full stop. Yes. Full stop. They're a 90-loss team right now. So he's trying to – They're going to play hard. They're going to play good defense, and they're going to lose 90 games. (laughs) Yeah, again, the problem's not going to be the balls that are are hit on the ground. It's going to be all the ones going over the fence because they don't have any pitching. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to field all the ground balls in the middle infield but none of the ones that fly over the fence because who's pitching on this team? It is incredible just by adding the young, the shortstop, how much exponentially, how much better that even up the middle, their defense got. And like, Nicky and you see, like slight upgrade from uh, and you, right. And you see what they're doing, right? You, you understand, Hey, defense is a priority. It hasn't been forever for this team. Yeah, I get that. That's a fine strategy for now like if you think this strategy is going to win you ball games in the year 2025 yeah where you're dinking and dunking your way and trying to win games two to one and one to nothing you're gonna have a very hard time not only do you not know it's like as you said like not only are they giving up a lot of home runs you don't know where any like the the run production's coming from outside of right and and dare i dare i say that some of this is also a clubhouse purge um, some of these moves that we're going to oh, see. Yeah. I, I was excited about that I mean, the other day. Anderson was a clubhouse purge, correct? Yeah. I mean, we now we've seen. We talked well, about it on the show. He was, he's he's just stirs the drink, yeah. right? He could carry a team or he could. We've talked about it a million times. 
guys like him can carry a team or sink a team. And mm -hmm. it really didn't, it really sunk. Could it, like, this is the thing that Sox fans might not be adding to the equation is that you might actually have a fucking functional clubhouse for the first time in a couple of well, seasons. Right, yeah. Before I, I've had out after yeah, this. That, like, consist, that brings consistent baseball, at least. No, I totally agree. Because if you look at, like, who, they, who they've gotten rid of, they, and they brought in a bunch of guys with a chip on their shoulder. Like, mm -hmm. Lopez is going to have something to prove. Lopez prove it. Kick. Young just got DFA'd by two Hungry. teams in the same season. He's got something to prove. Soroka's trying to have a bounce back here. So, I mean, I do – I actually do think that is fair. I think the culture is going to be – I mean, it's such an overused word, but I'm cautiously optimistic there. But that doesn't really matter if you're not winning any games. So right. we'll see. Um, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt until they can prove me otherwise. But That's Big J Journalist Mitch <laughs> signing off. <laughs> now, are you going to put your laptop up so that we can see? Are you doing a stand-up soon? Yeah, I'm about to set up all the equipment. I had to go back to the studio oh. and set up everything. Oh, you, didn't leave it out. you didn't leave it out for someone on. to steal this time? I did not. No, I'm not <laughs> in the neighborhood this time. If we're still on and you have a time to like throw up that laptop, we need we need another side view of the of the stand up. We need behind the scenes, Mitch. If I can give you well, let's see if I can set it up for a while. I don't know I mean, if, can, if it'll be able to yep. see from here. Can you see the front see, library? Can I see the building. Question in the chat. <laughs> the Padres are trimming payroll. Could they be an option to trade if they want a cost controlled pitcher? Because they're losing. Gotta imagine Snell. Snell's leaving. The Padres even have anything to trade though. Yeah, their top. I put the Padres in my article. Juan Soto. No. Um. Yeah. For Juan Soto. No. For uh, Robbie Snelling was the name I targeted. Again, oh, it's hard. Me. Pitchers are. It's as I'm learning, including top pitchers, and this is hard. I get it. Yes. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, Fitz, thanks for getting Cubs Twitter on me again. <laughs> With your tweet, I by the way, I do think Kevin was the one who started all the Cubs fan uh, backlash. I don't know who started it, but it got out of hand very fast. But anyway, Robbie Snelling was the name from the Padres um, that I really like. Pitcher of the year, minor league pitcher of the year for the Padres. Really, really strong arm. Mid thirties, upper forties in terms of where he ranks. I think he's going to fly up that list, which is why I could see why the Padres wouldn't trade him. Um, but that would be the first name I target. From there, Dylan Lesko is another name. Right, you don't want their 17-year-old catcher. Got a couple of really good names there. Snelling and Lesko immediately are great. Like, I like Snelling a lot. No, I think player. Actually, and and I think I tried to like Salas. I didn't include. It's like there are certain guys that aren't going anywhere. Like I didn't. I wasn't an idiot. I, I was an idiot, but I wasn't that big an idiot. Like Pete Crow Armstrong didn't even cross my mind on these sorts of lists. So but you like, go. Uh, Horton out there. I did throw Horton out. It's just kind of like, like Horton. I got biased. And, uh, yeah. I liked Horton coming out of college. I was very biased. I can absolutely admit that. So, too, and the thing is, I bet you the Cub fans are they're not backlashing at the Brennan Davis thing. I think that's absolutely yeah. especially fair. I don't think they're upset about the Luke Little. I think it really is the Horton and Casey. Mm -hmm. Again, I think Cub fans, I think Casey's going to be a part of some sort of trade package. I think everybody's assuming, unless it's the Padres, because they're not going to trade back for a guy they traded the Cubs. But I think Casey pops in. Like, again, those two guys, I feel like is those are the buzz. The other two were actually, I felt fair. I feel like you could throw in a Christopher Morrell or, mm -hmm. you know, another major league ready guy for the White Sox as well. Maybe a Tristan Thompson. I don't know, whatever. Um, that could maybe swing that deal too. But I, you know, that those are the two guys that really, the, the resistance is. Specifically, I think more Horton, but for me, yeah. it's Horton and Casey. I I think that Casey is a is going to be a very good outfielder or first baseman. 
but I also think that he he projects some extra value. So I think that he's a good trade piece where teams might overpay a little bit for him. He might not be as good as maybe because he projects really well. Like he really is. When you look at right. his tools, they're, they're they're impressive. It's hard. It's like yeah, you see all the numbers. It's some of the things when you're doing the research, like highest exit velocities across minor league baseball. Like absolutely, you see it there. Then you look, it's like, all right, ton, ton of swing and miss, but also he gets on base. It's like, it's hard to find like, where do those guys, what ends up happening for those guys is how much defensive value can you provi- provide? And that kind of sets you apart. Are you a dime a dozen left-handed bat that plays first base that we've got 40 of in the minor leagues? Or are you a corner outfield guy that provides legitimate defense? And now you're in a different tier in terms of value. That's what's hard about those guys. It's yep. like, again, I, I totally get the, the backlash to both of them. I think they're included because they're good ball players. Um, I think the best argument I've heard was the Horton. Nobody has really ever traded a pitching prospect that ranks that highly. And I think that's absolutely fair. And the thing too, and you point that out too, is like, again, with we've talked about this last week too. And we're talking about these trade proposals or whatever that everyone... Every single fan base overvalues their players and their prospects. Sure. So like you look at, we all have to like basically go, what would I do minus 10%? Because really, we're usually 10% or more, some in some cases, overvaluing our own because there are mm-hmm. like there are, we, we've grown now. We got Owen Casey and we've watched him excel as a Cub fan. Maybe I, maybe I overvalue him. You know what I mean? Maybe, you know, just again, any prospect that these fan bases will see, that's why you get these guys that are like, I would not trade, you know, Pete Crow Armstrong for Pete Alonzo and Juan Soto. What? What? No. Like, right. Over the overvalue is there and happens. And so that's the best part of this is like, nobody, there's no real answer, but we do know that we overvalue our own. And, and I think what's interesting, that makes it hard. And what's interesting about all of this too. And I, I came at these, maybe it's cause I'm, older than when the last time the Sox did all of this but I I I threw up the air (laughs) quote okay that was seven years ago um the first time they they did this I was far more in tune with the the higher the upside of all of these guys this time around I was a lot more in tune with you know the risk reward side of things and that's where it's like maybe I naturally without really thinking about it deflated or inflated the amount the socks would get back rather deflating the prospects because I'm like, here are all the concerns, the things that could go wrong with them. This is why the value really isn't that high. Cause I just watched five prospects come through here that were top tier can't miss. And it's like, now you, you start to view it from a different lens of like, what did I miss? Should I pay more attention to the fall? It's, it's hard. It's a game that you got to play. Bro, you also are underestimating the experience now that you are having in a high school dugout. Yes. You have to write lineups for shit that's sometimes, hey, flip a coin here. You sound like a high school baseball coach now where all of a sudden you go from the optimistic, I know it sounds bad, because high school coaches, we start out, we come in optimistic, we're like, I believe in this kid. And you, the kid, you know, this kid's like, you know, four foot three, 101 pounds, soaking wet. Like, I believe in him. And you're like, oh shit, he fucking hit like, oh, oh. Oh, the whole season. You're like, okay. You start realizing that the, there, there's logic in risk, risk and reward. When you build a roster of kids, whether it's varsity, JV, risk and reward. Which guys can we count on? We need consistent for this is what our plan is. And when you and when you, then when you have to pull the trigger and drop the axe in real life, like in, like because you've had that now, you've had to do that yep. a few times, I'm sure. By the way, uh, a really good idea is after you make cuts, drink one big beer and a giant pizza cookie. 
Okay. Just that makes you feel at least a little bit better for ending kids' dreams. What um, the fuck is a pizza cookie? It's a cookie the size of a pizza. You've never had a pizza cookie from like bro. Jewel or something? Oh, no. The things from the mall. From back uh, like the kind that are like the size of a pizza, though. That makes you at least feel better about ending a kid's dream. But you're you're actually speaking in terms of the, you do when, when you're actually making decisions, when you're not a fan and you're actively involved in the process. Mm-hmm. You have to actually like everything. All of a sudden, you start weighing that risk reward kind of like, you know, brand where you're like, you know, again, it's really easy to be like, yeah, that's gonna be fucking awesome because you're just and, a fan. But when you're a coach, you're like, I can't say that because you know, shit in one hand and wish in the other and see which one fills up first. It's not gonna happen. So right. you got- I think I've had those scenarios where it's like, and it's not just with uh, with the high school team. It's across because I, I do some other things with travel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like I have in my head like this is the guy, and I'll have another coach be like, "No, here's this and this and this." I'm like, "Nah, you're just not seeing this. I got this." <laughs> As if the coach who's been doing it for 15 years doesn't know better than me. And then and then you see it play out exactly like you're saying. It's like, hey, the reality of what happens up here didn't match, and I kind of ignored all the signs. You have to be a little bit more aware of trying to be aware of the, the entire picture of everything and red so flags start to matter more don't they right red, red flags have to matter a lot more than you want them to yep. and i think that's the, the failed rebuild a huge learner of, or a huge teacher of that yep being a coach is an even bigger teacher of that because you're filling out the lineup cards at times you're like there are kids so I, I I will tell a quick story and then I will shut up. I'm sorry. I love it. I love this. For USA sure. Baseball, we do, or it's for NTIS. It's the National mm-hmm. Team Invitational Series. Basically, right. they fly Sick kids break. in from all the age. It's super cool. I love it. I love talking about it. <laughs> um, they, they fly kids in from each age group for the Midwest. There's two teams per age group. And, and you end up, just as a coach, being given a team. Maybe you've seen them in tryouts. Maybe you haven't. Maybe they've been plucked. And you're like, Go figure this out. In the yeah. past two years, I have been, I'll put together a lineup. I got what I've got on Twitter or whatever, because they're 15. You can find like PDR, yeah. perfect mm-hmm. game. You can kind of feel it both years. And I tell this kid the first time I fell out the line, I'm like, I know nothing about you guys. So I might be wrong. Like the first year I coached a kid who was selected as one of the final eight in his age group to, mm-hmm. to continue to move on. Like huge, huge honor. I batted him seventh in DH jump the first game. And he was my starting center fielder hitting lead off the next. Like he was a stud. Like I, I totally said that I screwed up that this year, the kid who hit a game tying bomb for us to send us to the playoffs. Um, I batted him 10th and DH him the first day. Like I, it's like, you don't realize it is screw up all the time. I batted KB eighth. It's fine. Right, it's like you, you end up screwing it up. I mean, he, he actually so. deserved to be in the dark. Orlando was there. So, <laughs> question. I love that. Jordan. I love that. I, I love like it. Stephen, keep keep throwing them in the comments. So, inner division's always tougher. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Twins mm-hmm. could use the pitching. If the Twins gave you a call right now and said, Brooks Lee. I'm being realistic, trying to be realistic because they're not giving up Walter Jenkins. No. Let's go Brooksley and David Festa and Brandon Winokur. Does that move the needle for you? Lee's interesting. I don't know. I go back and forth with Lee. I really do. It's just fair. That is a name that feels like it should be a headliner, 
but I'm not sure if it ever really gets there for he, me personally. He grades he grades out very well on the 80 grade scale. He hit mm-hmm. pretty good last year. Not nothing crazy. AAA 237, 304, 428 with an OPS of 732. Uh what what appeals to me is how well he hit as a 21 or excuse me, 22 year old in double A last year. Yes. That's always appealing to me because if you can hit decently well in double A you're at least putting yourself. It's hard to tell you're going to do in triple A. He hit you're better in double A than he did in triple A. So it's like you're putting yourself on the map there um, mm-hmm. with a guy like that. I'd have to look more at the other two names personally. Yeah, I just kind of. Brooksley, Brooksley's the hard headliner. Yes. That is one Brand- where I, I can never pick one way or another. It Brandon Winokur's. Like that's a top 30 name. So yeah, Brandon Winokur's like a he's a baby. He's 18, rookie ball. He, he'd be in the system for another mm-hmm. three, four years. And then David Festa is a right-handed pitcher who 6'6, 185 pounds. Uh triple A last year has a 60 grade fastball. Um just a tall power pitcher. I mean, the you'll probably see him in the show this year. Middle and what, Brooksley, middle infielder, that always starts to profile well. Mm-hmm. Now it's about translating it up a couple levels. Right. I am tentatively saying that's at least near the ballpark. Um, I would agree. I mean, but then you think about it for a second. It's the fucking twins. You got to make them overpay. You got to make them overpay. Right. That's I mean, a concern where it's like the, the inner division tax or whatever they call yep. it. Yep. Where it's like, cause now you're talking every, every Lee, and then throw me uh Marco Raya. He's their fourth rated prospect, right-handed pitcher. ETA is 2025, six, 170 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I that's mean, why you he, rarely see the interdivision. Right. Trade. Oh no, there <laughs> yes. would, there'd be a massive tax on that, especially the twins. Like out of all the central teams, the twins you tax the fuck out of. I always think about back in 03 when the Cubs got Aramis Ramirez and Kenny Lofton for like Bobby Hill. That was his name. And another throw-in pitcher. God damn <laughs> it, Bobby. And, and they Bobby. also got, didn't they get a, in that, in that same, they got, they traded Chad Hermanson. Tra- Chad Hermanson for uh, Hunley and Eric Carroll's, correct? Uh, the Dodgers? Yeah, that might have been the other one. If Chad Her- known local my, that's I was Chad was a cup for a second, buddy. I was messing around if he's listening. Sorry, Chad. But yeah, those trades, those uh those interdivision trades always tough. Yeah. yeah, the pirates have been kind of a giveaway too. Like there is really nobody in the, at least the, the AL Central, like like the Pirates that do pretty much they would trade with their own, they would trade their soul mm-hmm. for more prospects. They are they are the pirates are the ultimate prospect per organization. Like they just they just trade everybody for just more prospects. Well, now if the Pirates need a Dylan Cease, that's what I was just about to say. That too, that could be a potential sleeper team. It would be the Pirates. We, we could talk about some Pirates prospects. Pirates. <laughs> you told me Tamar Johnson. Right, because at a certain point, this team yeah. is starting to be prepared to compete at the major league level. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, you have to pair something with Keller. Would be awesome. Yep. So I that mean, that got... would be that would be a good sleeper team too. They got the kid they drafted first overall. Uh, what's his name? Paul Skeens. I worry about the Salamedo kid. The Salamedo kid worries me. I mean, Paul Skeens is going to be their ace. He has tattoos. What? This year, maybe. 
David if, Bubba, really, if Bubba Chandler, let's go. I like if that. The, if the Pirates are aggressive like that, they are in a position where, like, I mean, they were what, like a seventy-win team or whatever. They have some young guys though that are coming up. They, they, if they were aggressive, the the problem with them is like they yeah. just never. Obviously, they never, they never spend in free agency, so they, yeah. they can never really like, get that star power to really go over the top. It's like every team says. No, Pirates would never deal him, but I agree. Uh, it, Oh yeah, he's no, the no, three no, prospect no. in the game. But um, I'm talking. But my focus right away with yeah. the Pirates goes right to Tamar Johnson. The funny thing with the Pirates too is like every year someone wants to trade, some fan base wants to trade for some player from the Pirates, and fa- Pirate fans are like, "We are trying to compete sometime soon," and that's fair. But then mm-hmm. you have to go out and make a move of some sort. Yeah. Same really that since like 1980, what 1990, 91. <laughs> right. It's like that is Cabrera scored. They've been saying it since then. Yeah, you've been competing or, or, or rebuilding forever, planning to compete. I get it. But where's that move? Every team has that move or should have that move that puts you on that map of saying, oh, yeah, they are actually trying to compete. OK, cool. They haven't I, done that. Cease would be that. I want to know what they said to Brian Reynolds to keep him in Pittsburgh. Promises had to have been made. That is true. Because the money you know didn't I mean? exactly, he no, probably could have gotten that money elsewhere and better. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they had to of tell him, like, the move or whatever we're talking mm-hmm. about has to be coming soon. Because, I mean, having the number one pick and getting the dominant ass pitcher, cool. That guy plays one every five games. When do we it get our stat be... lottery, by the way? When does that come? Next week, sometime. I it's think it's during the winter, the winter meetings. We're coming. Oh, we're getting... oh. Where are the winter meetings? Are they in Vegas, Fids? No. Nashville. Nashville. Well, closer to Home Michigan. of the Nashville White Sox. Oh, Nashville White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Wait. Don't we have Nashville. it? Where's the yeah, it's, it's the Nashville White Royals. The White Royals, of course. There it is. <laughs> we never got Dayton Moore, though. That was, uh... All real footage. These are all real pictures. These were pitched. To it. They were sent in the DMs. Real, but we have to add Nikki right. Lopez to that. Uh, Not we are <laughs> crawling up to the two hour mark. Jordan, you have been more than gracious with your time, and we oh no, thank you for it. letting me just keep talking. I have a no, that's what that. that's so I appreciate it. <laughs> Jordan, we do that every Wednesday. Right. This is like our little support group that people watch. Uh, we just talk about baseball and other shit for usually around two hours, but. Jordan, let people know where they can find your work. And for all even the OnlyFans, include the OnlyFans. All shits and giggles. I do I over the years have limited who I read. And I've done that for a number of reasons. And Jordan, you are on that short list, man. I do appreciate you coming on. I always appreciate your opinion. And I appreciate you being a buddy, man. So thank you for coming on. And please let people know where they can find your work. Well, thank you guys as well. I genuinely do appreciate coming on, having the conversation. I know Fids over the years, especially you have caused me to think in a lot of different ways. And I've always appreciated that too about you. I don't think I've ever told you that, but while we're sending the niceties out, I I thought I might as well throw that one out there. But I really do appreciate all three of you. And you've always, always been more than gracious to me. So I do appreciate that. Mm At Jay 14 is the Twitter. I, try and limit my rants now i haven't been good at it um socks on 35th is where i do most of my writing um i was like shouting out diamond digest which is the other page i help run 
it's all baseball teams. It's a lot of younger high school, college students really trying to get their start in writing, giving them some sort of place just to start putting stuff out there. We've all been there. We know how resumes are like being able to have writing on a website. I think it's cool, man. I think we do a lot of that sports mockery too. It's just, you give a kid a chance, you let them go. Some work out, some don't, but there's, there's been some good shit on there, man. I like to check in there every once in a while. You guys, but, there's some good ones. Yeah. There's some kind of shitty ones, but there's some good ones too. There's it's the hit or miss of you know, hey, up. anyone really want to give yourself a shot? Here you go. Um, yep. so Peyton, who helps run that page, and Joe, who obviously everybody knows what socks on 35th, they do awesome jobs too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are the main places. Again, thank you guys for having me on and let me talk for the majority of two hours. I yeah, man. talk hey. way too much, so I appreciate yeah. it. No, this is pretty much uh, our average now as we go two hours. So, yeah, no, and especially like I said, we have a we now have a track record of being that show where if someone puts something out there that causes quite a Twitter ruckus, we we get them on the show. So I'm glad. I'll to- try and stay out of trouble. <laughs> i'm glad to uh well I, we, you we're on. looking forward to your eloy trade proposals yeah i can't wait top 10 eloy trade proposals and i don't it'll and be top five. if i do it it'll be top five <laughs> coming back on the show to explain why you all want to burn his house down for his eloy <laughs> trades here's jordan lazowski again and here's two more hours of eloy trades <laughs> deal with it i mean i actually saw a pretty damn well-written article saying if the Sox were smart, they would piggyback Eloy into a C-steal. No. To get the most return from a team. To the Cubs for Quintana? (laughs) Just undo that trade? For Jameson Tyon. Do over! Just don't do the dishes. (laughs) No, but like to a team like the Orioles or something to get a one more, a little tear up in prospects. The Padres. The Orioles don't need them at all. But anyway, sorry. I'm see. This is how our show gets to be two hours long because we just <laughs> randomly <laughs> think of shit. And we're like, we haven't even talked about Vanderpump rules yet. Like we have. I feel like we're late. Oh, yeah. That we're gonna have to save that to next week because I got a story by the way for you, Zoe. Later. I don't have the fucking energy right now to Vanderpump rules it up. But scan of all motherfucker. Bert, our uh, our local gym expert, Bert said to pair. With Mankata like a girl. Oh my god. Or oh, like girl. Okay. Um, yeah. Luis Robert was in a music video. I'm sure no meathead will ever bring that up when he goes over four in the middle of August or some shit like that. Uh middle of April, I should say. But no, spring first week of spring training. Yeah, spring first week of spring training. He over four, the gif of him dancing in that music video all over Twitter. This is why we can't have nice things, folks. This is why we can't have nice things. All right, let's try this again. Jordan, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. That's Fids. He's Aldo. Before we go out, can I say one more thing? Absolutely, bud. Tonight's my mom's birthday. So if my mom's listening, which she probably is, she probably has this posted on the refrigerator. Happy birthday, mom. (laughs) Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mrs. Kevin. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right, everybody. Take care of each other. Don't be dicks. And we'll see you next week. Uh, winter meetings. Hopefully stuff heats up. And if a Dylan C's trade does happen, that would warrant an emergency broadcast. So, uh, all right, everybody. Take care.
Thanks, everyone. This Padres pitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantees so or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy.